is this fucking what are we doing over here? I have something to say. Oh. Well, that's not very interesting. Hello, testing. Check one, two, three, four. Caleb Stevenson. Because this virus essentially was invented. Abs and a six pack. Yeah, maybe Michelle Obama like might be a man. I don't know. Smoking weed, drinking vodka. Would a bad set of boobs on a nice girl be fine, or would a bad set of butt on a nice girl be fine? I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. (laughs) Sam's in a six pack. Coming back at you with a different kind of an episode today. It's a bunch of spooky stories from old episodes and some new spooky stories that are premiering here for the for the first time ever. And uh whew, yeah. Wow. But uh we're live right now. This is a new live son of a bitch. And Noah's here. What's up, Noah? I'm here. Howdy. And back oh, sorry. Oh, huh? huh? I didn't mean to step on you. Boy, that escalated quickly. Okay, well, <laughs> and uh, and hey, Caleb's back for uh, which is historic for the first time in sixty episodes, I believe, or so. The three of us are back t- together again, and I think you can expect more of that in the future for sure. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'll show up every now and again. (laughs) When I can fit it into my busy schedule. Yeah. You're you're still over there in North Carolina. The great state of North Carolina. Yeah. Do the boats one, if you got that queued up. This could only happen in North Carolina. Oh, the boats one? Yeah. Okay. And I just wish I had time I'd get on one of those boats. Did you like that? Yeah. It looks like you're having a good time. It looks like you're having a good time. Um, So, (laughs) anyway, yeah, I think we're going to do an episode about frogs at some point soon. Is that right? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I like frogs. Frogs are cool. Hell yeah. yeah. They're jumping around, stick out their tongue. The tongue goes pretty far. They eat flies and other bugs. All sorts of different colors and shapes and sizes. Medium sized frogs. There's big frogs. There's little frogs. There's gay frogs. There's toads, true. That aren't in the, it's like a it's like a, a toad's minority. actually a toad's actually a different animal. It's, technically. That's that's right. not be gay here. You could say the same thing about <laughs> turtles and tortoises, but like who's who's counting, you know? I mean, come on. Well, there's actually a lot of people who keep track of that shit. There's people who sold jobs is keeping track of that hey, stuff. Guess what? Those people are nerds. <laughs> yeah, they're turtle nerds. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not one of them, but. Why you keep trying to read that word? You a fag? <laughs> um, so, uh, so this episode wow. is. Nothing because you've never been <laughs> fucked in the ass. <laughs> uh, you want that one, huh? Yes, sir. You don't know shit because you never been fucked in the ass. There you go. Whew. Anyway. I have something to say. So we're doing a... This, this is a compilation episode of old 
stories, spooky, supernatural, weird, unexplainable stories from the past episodes and some new stories uh, that we recorded just for this episode. And you're going to hear all about them. We got a bunch of people, spooky stories lined up for you, and I'm not going to be able to remember them all. But I know we got Dean Reiner. We got Lavish just told us one. We got Will Magos. We got Darren O'Neill, Booberry. Uh, Robin Duff, um, uh, man, all kinds of uh, Fletcher celebrities. Probably, probably one of the creepiest ones was uh, Fletcher's story. So that'll be stay tuned for that one. And yeah, man, it's. I hope you all enjoy the episode. opinion i think that we're in a whole stack like imagine a stack of books laying on their sides that the level the dimension that we live in is just one of those books that there are levels and levels and levels beneath and levels and levels above the dimension that we live here in the third dimension where things have space and and volume um and then of course we create the idea of time and then you know, time uh, dictates uh, life and death and all these kind of things. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that a lot of these, you know, I mean, I've had, okay, here's a quick little anecdote. When I was about 20 years old, I was really high on LSD one night, <laughs> <laughs> really, really high. And I had gone through one of the most insane nights of my life. I'd watched crazy violence happened. I was a victim of crazy violence. I watched a friend of mine lose his mind and almost kill someone in McDonald's and then got like slammed to the ground, butt naked by cops with a wool blanket. And then I, yeah, it was nuts, dude. And then I ran and all of us went someplace that we thought we were safe. And we went to this like, kind of like this squat house and all these gnarly, just rat, rat people punks were just climbing in and out of the windows and this guy punched me in the face because he thought I was poisoning him and I was frying balls on this blue Felix LSD and then he told me after he punched me in the face that he wanted to fuck me and that he was sorry and I just I just ended up running and I ended up finding the people that I got the doses from and I was like you guys man what the fuck is with that acid and the whole night all or the whole crew and the whole area that I was around and the people I was tripping with were all just out of their mind like like nothing I had ever seen before. Um, and of course I was tripping. And then by the end of the night, as I'm watching, you know, we're sitting on the stoop of this community center in the town that I lived in. We're right on the bank of this river. The community center is right on the edge of this river. And this is back in Spokane. And, uh, and all my friends at this time were just homeless gutter punks and they were drug dealers and they were addicts and they were drunks. And uh, it's like four or five in the morning, the sun's coming up and they're all sitting around the stoop of this community center um, shooting cocaine in their arms and drinking beer. And, and I didn't want to watch that on acid <laughs> again. Yeah. So I, I, so, so I walked understandable. Um, into the, yeah, I walked into the field and decided to smoke a little weed and next to the river. And, um, I'm still tripping a little bit, but not that much. And, uh, I, I set my pipe down on the grass and the grass is cool and damp with the morning mist coming up and I'm just laying there tripping. And then I reach my hand over to get the pipe to take another rip and the grass is warm and it's not cool. It's warm and it's sticky. 
And then I kind of turned my head and I looked to where my, I'm trying to see where my hand is reaching because my eyes were closed. Now I opened up my eyes and I looked at my hand and my hand was inside the body of a horse, inside the a body of a dead horse, like a rotten horse. And I looked over around me and I was, I was on a pile of dead horses and my arm was, I was elbow deep in the dead horse. And then I snapped my head again and I was on the grass and it was cold and it was wet. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? So that Did you was still heavy. have any like blood or anything residue left on your arm or your head? No, man. No, it was just warm inside of a rotten horse carcass. Okay, so that was disgusting and weird. About a year later, it sounds like you slipped was, into it alt- in like a different plane of reality or another dimension or something. Well, check this, dude. About a year later, I was hanging out with this chick. We were dating. Her dad was an architect, and she invited me over to her house. And I slipped into uh, his study, his office. I was looking at all of his books because we're all I was an artist, and she's an artist, and I was seeing what kind of stuff architects look at. And he had this book called Spokane Corona. And it was a book about the, um, you know, the the founding, like when Spokane was first established, and there were still Spokane Indians. And the and I looked, and there was a story about the exact location I was sitting at the night that I was tripping out and had my arm inside of a dead horse. That exact location, exactly, was a site where there was a massive horse slaughter after they had. Uh, pushed all the Spokane Indian tribe away from the riverbanks and they were establishing their first trading houses in order to intimidate all the natives. There was a creek that juxtaposed against this river that they called Hangman Creek. That was where they hung all the chiefs and the chief's son. And it was on this field that's now called Glover Field that they slaughtered all the horses that these Indian tribes had on that field right where I was sitting. And I feel like I had somehow had some sort of dimensional slip where in that moment I was back in early 1840s and my arm was inside of a pile of dead horses that had been slaughtered on this fucking hill. And, you know, so when I learned, is it safe? Do do you think, cause this is what, how I think, like I have experienced stuff where I'm fairly not tripping, but like, it seems like the, even when you're mildly tripping, it can help facilitate that type of a unexplainable event to happen. Cause that's yeah. for sure. That type of stuff has happened to me where it's like, I don't, would that have happened if I wasn't tripping? I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, so right around the same area about, oh, fuck man, maybe two or three years later, I had this, I had a different experience that was the same level of heaviness and I wasn't high at all, man. Yeah. Not at all. Not tripping at all. And I was with that's some wild. friends I was with this Jack Mormon chick, you know, the kind of Mormons that like to kiss boys and smoke weed and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, she was rad. I don't think <laughs> I've ever met a uh, Mormon. You never met a Jack a, a Jack Mormon? I don't think I've met a Mormon, period. I usually oh, lock the man. door when I see their bikes come into my house. <laughs> oh, man. The Mormons are great, but the Jack Mormons are better because those girls are hot and uh, and they're kind of shut in, so they don't really know much, but they're super curious and they like to – kiss boys and fucking show their ass and get high but you know they don't want they don't want to go all the way but they're fun we used to go skinny dipping me and this girl and uh, we hooked up with her friend this guy named Stu, who was on mushrooms when we picked him up and we went to this area right above the creek i mentioned earlier called hangman creek well there's this sheer cliff that goes above that called uh they called it rim rock 
and we'd go up there and smoke weed. Rimrock also happens to be an area where there's been uh, dozens of murders and <laughs> numerous rapes. It's a very dark, very desolate area of the Spokane Outer County uh, Ridge, and it's above this point where two rivers meet. And we were sitting up there, and we were just about to smoke a bowl, just about. Like we had just packed the nug, and we were about to smoke this little weed with Stu and, and this girl that I won't name her name. And then we started hearing this crazy scream get louder and louder. And it was a scream and it was above us. It wasn't at us or below us. We were probably about a hundred feet up from the river. And, and, and true, Spokane's located very close to a place called Fairchild Air Force Base. And they do uh, run jets all over the skyways up there. But this wasn't a jet. It was something different. It was a scream. And it was coming at us and gaining in velocity and coming from the sky. The sound was coming from the direction the river was flowing. So I guess at that point it would have been south. Oh, okay. It was coming from the south uh, to the north. And it was just this crazy scream. And for some reason, all I could think of this, did I was probably maybe, I don't know, maybe 20, 21 years old. And I never thought of a banshee before. I never, I mean, I think I thought I knew what a banshee was, but I never thought of a banshee. It wasn't something I thought about or considered. What does a banshee sound like? But when I heard this sound, the only thing I could think of was banshee just flying over us and then just going past. And we just got icy cold. We all heard it. We all froze. And then we all just said, fuck this. And we ran back to the, her shitty car and drove down the dark road to get out of there. We didn't say a word. We were just like, oh, my God, what the fuck was that? And it's just weird. So there's been weird. And, I, you know, none of us, we were, we were fixing to get high, but we weren't high. So yeah. I think it, that, it, you know, it, I mean. It almost like. <clears throat> Well, your your friend was on mushrooms, so maybe you, he brought he made you like he was the vector for that experience to affect to in, interact with all of you. But yet, every time there's been some like unexplainable or creepy or supernatural type thing that happens with uh with every every time it's happened where everybody knows it happened that I'm around, usually it's like there's a solid hour afterwards where nobody says a word. And maybe yeah. somebody will try to like change, like talk about something that no, nobody addresses it. And sometimes yeah. like, you know, like there's been things where nobody's talked about it to this day, even though we all know what happened. Cause it's like something weird happened. You know, it's like, Whoa. Yeah. 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 I mean, so ha have you ever, have you ever had an experience like that? Have you ever had any just like weird, just heavy thing that was just like unexplainable and out of this world? I've told the story before about the, uh, this giant glow in the dark caterpillar that was so bright in the woods that we thought it was somebody's phone and ah. walking through this trail and we got over and we saw like lights um, in the sky, like, like way up there, like UFO bright lights that didn't look like spacecraft necessarily as much as like, I don't know what they were, but they, they were super bright, vivid. We all saw them and they were, the water was crystal clear. We're on this little peninsula out on a lake. The water was crystal clear. It was a place called Devil's Point. And you could see the reflection of the lights that were in the sky and the crystal clear water down there. Uh, 
And that's one we all talked about. But then there was like this crazy, could have been a cryptid, I don't know, but it was like this. My friend it was it ended up going up where we, there was like six of us there, and one of my friends ended up staying up in the car, and we finally went up there to check on him, and he was having a bad time just sitting in the car. And I, I got up, I actually was got up there to check on him before anybody else did, and I sat in there with him, and he thought he was his he was being possessed or like taken over by aliens. He was going on about how like aliens were taking over his body, and right when he started talking about that in the windshield, like I rolled up my window immediately. Uh, on my because I was on the passenger side and he, he shut his door right in the windshield right when he started talking about that was this kind of like about as big as my hand um with like like this moth looking thing with huge eyes and like gray wings but it had this like huge long scorpion tail that came back down from under its body and curved up and it was wow. just hovering, flying with like black eyes, just hovering in front of the car, just a little machine, just flapping there. And we were all on penis heavy mushrooms, allegedly. So I mean, how, you know, it's hard to tell like what was real and what wasn't. And when you're seeing lights in the sky and this, all this stuff, but this thing was—I've never had vibes that uh, bad as when I was looking at this thing and it was looking at us just in front of the car. And I think we just wow. stared at it and stared at it and didn't say a word to each other until it finally went away. And it was like the most relieving feeling ever. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know what yeah. it was, but that's the closest I probably could come to having any kind of interaction with uh, something. And for all I know, it probably was just a real bug. It was just crazy looking. But It could be, man. I mean, you know, but at the same time, I mean, it could it could be a machine. It could be fucking anything. I think yeah. that we are – I think that this realm that we're in is so thin – and at certain periods of the year and in certain points in our daily lives, we are closer or farther away from the boundary of the veil of the, of what our world is and what we can actually perceive. I mean, my, my, my lady teases me all the time because she's like, you're going to invite that dog man into your life. And I think I already have. I think, um, I, I, you know, I'm not terrified of a dog man. I don't want to see one. And if I do, um, I hope it's not in the woods because I love being in the woods. Uh, but, and I think that's one of the most consistent things about a lot of these encounters is people have with these creatures is that they usually see them in some sort of a rural or forested environment and they are, it changes their relationship with the land forever, like traumatically forever. And I don't want to live with that. So, but at the same time, I feel like when, like when we were camping, you know, when we first touched down on our camp spot, we recognized that it was a very special place. It was something very dark and ominous about it, but it wasn't like, oh, scary. It was just like, wow, this is a powerfully vibrating place. There's something going on here. So let's make an offering, you know? So we, we built a little altar when we were camping at this place in Gifford Pinchot. We made, we built a little offer or altar. We made some offerings. We sacrificed some of our, um, Children, <laughs> just kidding. We, we sacrificed. <laughs> he got me with that. <laughs> we sacrificed a little bit of wine, a little bit of beer. We sacrificed a little bit of food. We put a little tobacco offering. We burnt some sage. We burnt some uh, Palo Santo. We uh, invited whatever was there in, but also in the boundary that you know we are welcoming and opening. But we are setting our own boundary here, and we're here. We're not leaving, and we hope that we can live amicably while we're here together. And that might be, that might be 
um, the reason why this thing pushed into my mind. I don't know why it was that I heard the howl. You know, my, my lady, she, Christy, she didn't hear it. She was asleep, but I, I heard it. And I saw the image in my mind. She didn't. And she never got the creeps until we went to uh, the little lake close by called Goose Lake the next day. And that place was super heavy duty. And if you woke up, you can come anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> the I had a series of uh, different kind of dream tells after I had a really good buddy die in 2013. And for the last year of his life, he was like paralyzed from the waist down. So he had fallen from a fourth story window. And uh, so I'd start, I like saw him in my dreams a lot when he first, like the first year he died. And at first it was like, holy shit. You know, I knew you weren't dead. I knew you weren't, you know, I knew it was all conspiracy and everyone was lying to me and this shit. And I'd always like try to catch up with him and ask him like, yo, what the fuck's been going on? And like every time I would like acknowledge it, he'd like, you know, smile at me, but like somehow disappear. He'd like walk around a corner and be gone or like, you know, and then the dream would fade and like, Every time I'd lose it. So I kind of learned over time when I'd see him, I still in dreams. Like if I had a dream tonight and he was in it, my initial gut reaction would still, I guarantee be fuck. I knew you weren't dead, you know? And like, I would like, that would be my first reaction, but I've learned to like have that reaction and then like, let it sit and not say anything and not acknowledge it. Cause if I can just, shut the fuck up and not acknowledge that anything weird's going on, then at least, like, I can let him hang around, you know? I can, like, stand there with him, basically. But even if, like, I get an excited look in my eye, he'll be like, ah, and, like, start, like, he'll have to go. Hmm. Or, like, some what, what became a tell between, like, just trying to talk to him versus, like, realizing it was a dream would be, like, you know, the last year of his life, he's wheelchair bound. And so he'd be like in a wheelchair or in a chair. And then he would like stand up and like walk toward you. And then you'd be like, oh yeah, shit, this is definitely a dream. But you wouldn't want to like say anything about it. You'd be like, oh shit. You know, internally, it was just like, cheese it, man. Keep it cool. It's a dream. Don't let anybody know you know. That's interesting. So like if you. People know I know, then like they call the fucking. The dream police. They call the alert. The dream yeah, police. Isn't that a song? It's got to be. Yeah, dream police. Buzzing feeling, uh, which is very familiar. And that takes a little more time to explain. But uh, I started feeling a f- familiar buzzing. And next thing I know, the patriarch of the, uh, of the farm that my parents live on, uh, he had died a couple of years, but he was fucking standing right behind me, and I know that it was him. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know anybody I would would have thought of uh, in years. And uh, next day, talking to mom, she's like, "Hey, by the way, have you seen the ghost of the? I forget his name. Let's let's call him John, Farmer John." She asked me about my fucking dream. Whoa, Jesus! Second time. I ran into her. Uh, I had done a loadout in Washington somewhere. It was an arena, and I was sleeping for like an hour, if that, before we had to get on the bus to go to the next city. And I woke up halfway through, 
couldn't move, and there's this chick on me, again, same woman, riding the fuck out of me. I, I can barely... I don't think I could move my eyes. Uh, no, I can move my eyes, but I couldn't tilt my head or move my arms or anything. Uh, I had another dream where a fucking CIA dude was in my bed. He was like, you're talking too much. Uh, and it almost <laughs> felt like a fucking seizure. We got a chatty seizure. Kathy over here. <laughs> yeah. But dude, it was... They're invading it was, your dreams. <laughs> it, was, it was fucked up because whatever sensation I was feeling in the dream was almost akin to like, it felt like I was having a seizure because in the dream it was, it was so traumatic that my eyes had rolled back over and I was looking inside of my own head. Um, and then we ended up having a fire alarm, uh, that same, that same morning. Cause it, it went off like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, uh, probably half an hour before the stream. Um, I did encounter a nice version of the black haired lady last year in 2020. Uh, that was, that was kind of a pleasant experience. She was really cool. <laughs> now, is this the nice. black haired lady? Does she, is she a black, completely black silhouette, like shadow or does she, can no. you see? No, she's kind of like a, like a hot alternative girl, but without the tattoos. Nice. <laughs> Although when I met her, uh, when she was nice, she had the tattoos and everything. Oh, so maybe it's just like when she's on her period or something, she shows up and that's when she's mean. <laughs> uh, go, that buzzing feeling that you're yeah. talking about, I've had that maybe just a couple times, and it's usually when I've been awake for more than two days. Yeah, that definitely uh, thins stuff. And it's literally thins like your bills. entire body is vibrating. Like, like an energetic. I have never had that happen. Describe that a little bit more. I don't really understand what you mean. Buzzing. I mean, like if we're talking about the same buzzing feeling, buzzing. for me, it's like, uh, like I ended up pulling an all-nighter after I was already awake the night before, and I chugged a Red Bull and went into work when I was working at Publix. Had to be there at 5 in the morning, and like two hours into my shift, Everything, everybody's voices sounded like kind of like, uh, kind of, how do you describe it? Like, um, like everybody who, all the voices I heard talk of people talking around me sounded like crinkling aluminum, like, and my entire like body a bad felt connection or, or like coming through like a, like a tin can or something, but it, very aluminum metallic, very metallic. And my entire body was just like rapidly like even though i wasn't actually vibrating the like i had the sensation of throughout my entire body just like super vibrating like i wasn't shaky or anything it was just this constant vibration and metallic and everything sounded metallic hmm. super weird that's happened oh, a couple I times it always comes with sleep deprivation yeah, and I learned uh, probably first or second year in doing theater. Uh, someone gave me the advice of, well, if you stay up for three days straight and then take a bunch of caffeine pills, you can trip your ass off. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, I don't think that's called tripping. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't do it. I, I just seizure. <laughs> I just I just did the three days. Um, but you will hallucinate after 
after more than two or three days. That's a guarantee. That's a Chris Arnold guarantee right there. Now, the uh, what I was talking about, about the, the buzzing, it's more akin to like a, like you got when your ears ring, right? But that's something I feel like you would more often than not hear. This is this is the same sort of like frequency, but no, I shouldn't say same. It, it's a little it's a little more high pitch. It feels like it's coming from the inside of your brain, and then it travels down through your like fingertips and like calves sometimes. Um, I've had a lot of weird moments when something like that has happened. Uh, sometimes something kind of synchronistic will happen, like uh, at a bar with a coworker. I go for a smoke. I come back. Uh, coworker is talking to a random stranger at the bar whose name is also Marty. Like little weird shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it where it it's made me feel like I'm about to die almost. Uh, there was one. 2018 that was so hard that it about knocked me down in the kitchen at 3.30 in the morning and uh, I saw this fucking huge black shadow thing fly by the uh, dining room door and I went laid down and for the rest of the night felt like I was sinking into the bed and floating up out, out of it at the same time had this real irony taste in my in my mouth. Woke up the next day. I was like, fuck. That kind of felt like I was dying. And later on, I get a text message from uh, letting me know that a, a friend of ours had passed away. Um, they said suicide, oh, but I think it was a drug overdose. That's just my two cents on it. Mm-hmm. But that well, that's one almost was a like more a connection intense. then. That's almost like you had a connection to that event that was going on. And I felt that before. Like you have like a personal connection to something going on with somebody else that you're yeah. close to. I've never yeah, had absolutely. it that intense, but yeah, I've definitely felt that kind of thing before. Yeah. It was gnarly. I did a little uh ritual at Dealey Plaza a couple of years ago under a full moon. I went and did some motherfucking magic where John Whoa. Kennedy got shot. I was just oh, asking uh, on the Hog Story post stream. I was asking Fletcher if he thinks that uh, Dallas has like a dark energy over it because of that whole ritual killing of the president. Oh yeah, I think so. Why would it be the whole city? Why wouldn't it just be where he got shot? Well, I don't know. Street. I'm not an expert, like Jesus. Cities, there's like, man, there's like five million people in Dallas or something. That's a huge place. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the they're all every fucking square, retards. <laughs> every square inch of Vegas makes my skin crawl. So, well, that's kind of just all the herpes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that's herpes dandruff in a pile. <laughs> lordy (laughs) so you did a ritual in Dealey Plaza yeah I don't remember why which is probably for good measure it might mean that it worked that it worked (laughs) 
I can go dig it dig it out. I got it in a book. Which which one which one I did? You know me, even tarot cards creep me out, so I was going to do the Three Kings... Sorry not to interrupt you, but uh, I was going to do the Three Kings ritual. I had everything set up except for... I only had two mirrors, and you got to have three mirrors. And then I was like, ah, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to go buy a mirror. But I had everything else <laughs> ready. Even some mushrooms ready, allegedly. And I was like, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to wait till I think it's like you got to do it at 3.33 in the morning or something like that. Yeah, that makes start- sense. Yeah, and it's like you do this. You're supposed uh, uh, to see ding, 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 ding. Three thirty-three. What? Oh, and did you see the three kings? And how did? What is it? Uh, two of them are lying to you, and one of them's telling you the truth. So you see three different people in the mirrors, and then like you ask them a question, and they respond. I don't. I don't think they actually are supposed to vocally respond. I think they respond by like, I think you only ask them yes or no questions, and they like shake their heads or nod their heads or something. And then two of them are telling, no, two of them are lying and one of them is telling the truth and you're supposed to figure out which one of them it is. And it's like, Jesus. Yeah, it was super cool when I was looking it up and then I read some more stuff about it and it turned out it was usually meth heads that were the ones that were doing this. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do a ritual at 3.33 in the morning that a bunch of meth heads are saying it's cool. Maybe I'll just skip this one. Uh, meth heads goes back to the sleep deprivation thing. I really do. I think that puts you in a different dimension for sure. Mm-hmm. I've never really had a proper cryptid encounter, but my brain did trick me into thinking I'd had one. Ooh, let's hear. Uh, I had. Um, I spent a summer in Yosemite, working seasonally. Um, I did live in a house, but for about two weeks, I had to get evac'd to another part of the park for a wildfire with all of our animals. I was a trail guide, so I did horseback rides there, and. In the valley where I got evac to, I was sleeping in a tent cabin, which is, it's a, it's a tent that has a door instead of a zipper flap. That's what it is. And a a little part of me was freaked out because I was like, man, anybody could get in here. So later that, during one of the nights, I just had this dream that I was being chased through the campsite by this wretched, hairless, like meaty rabbit monster creature. It was like a carnivorous rabbit with no skin. I hated it. Oh God. It was like chasing me through the campsite. And then I woke up and it was sitting on my chest and I couldn't move. I had fucking sleep paralysis of a fake cryptid that my brain invented. Oh, so you were like, you were, you had a false awakening or you were literally awake and it was still. No, I was awake. I was awake and I could see it and I could, breathe and but i couldn't move was it doing anything to you it was just looking at me and was it moving lathering. it was drooling oh god yeah <gasps> I've, I've had sleep paralysis like twice and no, no encounters but you hear that's where the ufo abduction stories usually happen or when yeah like speaking of like tall creatures with red eyes like usually like you hear stories of like a lot of people that like believe in demons, usually they those yep. demon encounters come during sleep paralysis. I've had sleep paralysis is horrifying enough without an entity. But I mean, going back to interdimensional shit, I do think like, I mean, even dreams, some of that might be real. Um, but I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. But that's crazy, mm-hmm. though. Sleep. Yeah, I, How long did I, it last I, before you like it went away or you were able to wake, like fully wake up? Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't even tell you. It could have been 30 seconds or it could have been like two minutes. 
but it just it just disappeared and I sat up and I went, "Oh my god." That's why so many people thought they were possessed when they when it was the medieval times. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I'm like, how could my brain do that to me? I I don't know. I I'm open to that like uh like the dream world and interdimensional stuff all being connected. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how because we like at a certain point you're like, what is real? You know, like is what a schizophrenic experience is that's Ooh. like real to them, right? If if I start thinking about those concepts for too long, I start to freak out. So I have to keep it a little bit simple. Everyone's like, oh, your mind is infinite. Anything is possible. I'm like, shut up. No. <laughs> Let's keep it grounded, everyone. Um, I'm a simple creature. You're talking like a song from The Lion King. Stop that. It makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I am Hank Hill. <laughs> We're very similar. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, God, I'm talking to myself. That's a side effect of the marijuana poisoning. Like, dude, come on, man. You got to respect You gotta respect the, the journey, dude. Like, come on. Like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. DMT is amazing. But You've tried it's it? not for everybody. Oh, hell yeah. A couple times. Yeah, same here. Yeah. It's, uh, I wouldn't. I, I don't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm not going to recommend it. But, I've yeah. You know what I mean? You got to eat this... A lot of people just not built for that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, same I don't with, even like, know if I am. Shit, I'll be honest. You know I, mean? I I handled it pretty well. I think you know. I lived a different life. It was awesome. I it just made me question myself. a lot of Mike. Uh, I don't know. That's a whole another topic. If you want to get into that, send it. You question what? Maybe you question reality, your existence, everything. Uh. I don't know, man. I think you can access demons in that plane. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Just, like, people talk about like DMT sending you to a place of positivity and showing you the light. It's like, all right, well, there's two sides to every coin. You right. know what I mean? If you can let in light, you can open the door and darkness can get inside as well. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. That's, that's, a that's all fact. I have to say about it. I, it it, it can get dicey in there. It can get dicey in there, and if you're not ready for it, it can go real bad. Hundred percent. You're definitely in communication with something, dude. And like you said, it's hard to describe. You know what I mean? It's like hard to explain that experience because it's different for everybody. Like, but is it but different all... from everybody? Because everybody seems to see the goat creature, the Baphomet. Doing the yep, little hand I was about thing. to say. Yeah, it's like it's like different for everybody, but there's always that same similar. Ah, dude. Oh, you got me thinking now, dude. Now I'm trying to like. This has been a while, dude. Like I was. I was like. 19 when I did it, so it was like eight years ago. Now I'm sitting Whoa, here trying that's to... a long time ago, man. Because like I hadn't even heard of it eight years ago. Oh yeah, bro. Oh yeah, bro. Shit was. <laughs> yeah, I, and and like, I don't think there's. Nec- I don't think it's necessarily good or bad. I think there's no. good or bad entities you can c- communicate with, but I do think right. that the that plane is re- as real, or if not even more real than the existence we live in currently it, i'm listening to it and, and the, the first thing that pops into my head like it was uh what's it called what was it sleep night not night terror sleep paralysis yes i've had that happen to you me one or tw- once or twice yeah that shit's bro crazy. i was 
That shit's gnarly. I was going through a real like rough time in my life, and that shit happened like four times in a row, like night after night. Mm-hmm. It just kept happening. And, you, and what you're talking about to to clarify is when you you're awake, but your body's mm-hmm. still asleep, so you can't move. Can't move like like I like so Fuck, like the one that stands out to me so the most. When that that shit is literally like you're laying in bed, and it feels like somebody's either sitting on your chest. Like for me, it felt like somebody was sitting on my chest and was like holding my hand and it's like i don't know if my eyes were open or not but like i remember looking at the door to my bedroom and like everything was just like dark as shit but then there was this figure that was darker than the darkness like eight feet tall the red eyes and it looked like a shadow monster bro that shit like when i tell you what happened night after night kept happening bro that shit was terrifying and it had red eyes and everything because i've never yeah, Puck. red eyes, like, like when I say like a shadow monster, bro, like something that like, like, like imagine Bigfoot shadow, right? And the shadow stands up, make it evil, and then give it red eyes and like claws, like standing we talked in my about doorway. Shadow people for a while, dude, but dude, mm-hmm. that's fucking cr- that's crazy, terrifying. That's like I'm not big cr- into religion or nothing, but like my mom, like I said, like I was going through some shit, bro, like really going through some shit. Like my mom told me stories, like she would come in my room and put like. Uh, like holy water on my feet and like the oil and shit while I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. And she said like the nights, like she would do it at night. The next morning I have like a great day, like complete turnaround. You know what I mean? And then she would wait and see what would happen. It would be like four or five days later. I would like go back into doing the fuck shit. You know what I mean? And she was like, you like, she said it like a few times. She was like, you got something that's like, like tagging along, like a leech or something that's like, that's with you. You know what I mean? And she used to say that shit yeah. a lot. I believe and, that. Um, 100%. I think that, you know I think what that's mean? just real. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's like, I got that monkey off my back because, like, that thing, I'd say I was 16 when it got bad, and it was there until I was, like, 24, 25. You know what I mean? And it, like, I, the epitome of a fuckboy, bro, in every aspect you could ever imagine, mm-hmm. I was that guy. I was, from women to vices to... Just social interaction, just everything. The epitome of a fuckboy. The worst of the worst. Like, complete shithead. You know, and then... It... it Like, we got in a car accident, bro. And that shit, like... Like, with the biggest reality check, like, I understood life, and that's what, like, started my progression to where I am now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I, I needed to understand. And I was like, alright, so what is life? I think life? there's something, too, like, near-death experience, man. Yeah. Cause I've had a couple bro, of when I, when I tell you, like, I don't know how we made it, but we shouldn't have made it. Yeah, after it happened, I spent probably oh. like a solid hour and a half just in like deep meditation, bro. Deep meditation, trying to figure shit out. And basically, what I took from that moment was like, like the vessel, like it. We're really just vessels, you know what I mean? And I'm driving the vessel known him for years and he just became a totally different person like was super coherent every question we asked like made total sense and just was like all the, like an entirely different person he had this blanket that he just started wearing over like a cape and his eyes were solid black the entire night and holy shit and we uh he didn't recognize we didn't recognize him as like who he was and he uh, didn't recognize himself as like his actual name. We all just like knew his name was Jit Jitswig, Jitswig, Shit. and uh, and I have 
I have no idea how to explain it other than like something weird was going on. I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like fucking like telepathy or demon possession or what the fuck was going on. But he, uh, suffice to say, he didn't even like to talk about it now, but he remembers it happened. That's just like, that shit's real, bro. Like they make those movies and try to like, like, like make it seem like it's just Hollywood and scary movies and shit. Like, bro, right. I grew up heavy in the church, like Southern Baptist. You know what I'm saying? Like heavy Same. in the church, like, like fucking Bible study on Wednesday. We're going to church Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm there Sunday, all three services. Like heavy. Like I've seen that shit where people like come down to fucking get like go to the altar and they're fucking crawling and shit and they start like that shit's Speaking real, dude. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, like that's not something like I don't think kids should see that shit. You know what I mean? Like. Like I saw some shit when I was a little dude and like I like I watch scary movies like heavy, you know what I mean? Like like the possession of Exorcist and all that crazy shit the shit that nobody should be watching. You know what I mean? Cuz I feel like it just makes you more susceptible to get some shit cuz like yeah, you might think it's Hollywood, but this shit happens to people. This shit's real. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like it put the connection between the movies, the shit I saw as a kid, the sleep paralysis and just all these different things and it's just like Bro, I sage three times a week. Like, I don't play that shit. Keep the bad off as as best I can. Positive in, positive out, and just trying to stay as grounded as I can. It is weird that, yeah. like, they, they're now they're showing that, like, DMT is what your brain releases when you die. Exactly. It, like, shoots you into the afterlife. Yep. That's your, that's your, uh, that's your hypersonic rail car that just takes you real quick. Fucking weird, man. Vessel goes and it it opens your consciousness and consciousness <laughs> escapes. Dude, Unc- Uncle Hotep was in here for a second. I see he was in here on the on clean feed, but I think we might have scared him off with all this talk. <laughs> yeah, we might have. He showed <laughs> up know. like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> just I just now noticed like he was in here, but he's not anymore. That's funny. My bad, Unc. Sorry, we, we took it a little. <laughs> yeah, my bad. We took it a little far. We should get heavy. <laughs> depending on the individual and depending on which dimension you're living in. I think there's a whole different stack of dimensions and timelines. And um, some, some people seem to be able to float through them and tie them together. And some people are stuck in one, maybe they can go into two or three when they sleep or when they get high um, or not. I mean, I, I look at some of these tweakers running around Portland, man, some of these guys that are like real fucked up on meth and the things that they're seeing, I know, are real, but I just can't see them. You know? Oh, like the shadow people? <laughs> like shadow people and like entities that yeah. are all around us all the time. And I think certain drugs like methamphetamines um, can allow people to see through these Especially different timelines the and dimensions. Yeah, because I, of the psychosis that comes along with it. I know a lot of Have people. Have you ever heard of a guy named uh, Jerry Marzinski? No. Jerry Marzinski is this weird clinician. He's a professor of psychology and he's, he basically got himself tanked out of popular culture because he came up with this. His, his conclusion was that real mental, real mental illness that we've, as we've classified it as far as schizophrenia doesn't exist, that it's, it's demonic spiritual possession. And that because of these different dimensional entities and these there's very and it's all about magnetics and frequencies like really it comes down to electricity in the end um 
that people are more prone and people are more resistant to a particular kind of entity takeover. Uh, my girlfriend and I call it ride alongs, you know, yeah. you have like a ride along where you don't like parasite. all of a sudden you're, you're doing, yeah, it's a parasite. You're doing or saying something that you're not even aware of, you know, but you're perceived and your rea and your actions are creating reactions that are, maybe in opposition to who you really are and you may not have any say over it you know depending on uh, what was allowed to get in what you invited in and what has always been there and it's just been sucking off you like a tick i don't know it's yeah. really interesting stuff jerry mars jerry marzinski has a whole bunch of i'm gonna have to check that out because i've definitely had some uh i've had enough alleged psychedelic experiences over the years to make me think that that shit's 100 percent real Listen to the um, clip you sent me with the hotel with it or whatever. What was <clears throat> you were talking oh, the, about. Oh, the, what was it? Was it a clip yeah. or the podcast? I don't remember. Well, you know, the, where you are, we're talking about meet the alien and then talking about DMT and then it cut out for 20 minutes in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah that was that a good was... conversation. I, w I wish that this, it wouldn't have lost those 20 minutes, man. And it was like right in the middle of the deep shit that it happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always a fascinating topic. Even for I had a backup that. recording running too, and then I went to the backup recording. It had the same glitch, so got oh, a little sucks. too close to the truth or something. I don't know what happened. Yeah, man, those those DMT gremlins came through and fucked up the audio. You yeah. <laughs> hooked up with it. Said he uh, saged his whole house after that happened. After after we that you conversation. Lost the twenty minutes. No, really? before that. <laughs> But I told him I lost the 20 minutes. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. After that conversation, we, I saged the whole house because some of the creepier shit got lost, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like y'all were going into some some creepy realms. But uh, yeah, tell him he's got to get an exorcist, man. I don't know about that sage shit. <laughs> you know, Catholics may be, may be crazy, but we know what we're talking about when it comes to that shit. <sighs> <laughs> so are you, are you still a practicing Catholic or just raised Catholic? I was raised Catholic, yeah. I stopped going to church, like, and once once I became old enough that I could tell my dad, no, I'm not going. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but there, I mean, yeah, there's, I think every religion, even like the bad ones like Islam, there's something to them, at least in yeah. some aspects. Yeah, there's a lot of people that need it, man. Like, they need, especially in today's society, so many people are lost. Like, they just, they don't, you need something bigger than yourself to live for, whatever that right. is. And that's why atheists like gravitate sacred. towards extreme leftism. Yeah, and then they do. DMT they don't have anything they, else. They start thinking they are a god. <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, it's I, something that like everybody has described, like the Messiah complex, whether brought on by psychosis or psychedelics, is it's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. The must like yeah. I, I mean I I spent like at least three days thinking I was Jesus one time. I'm not even kidding. This was years no, and years ago. You. It's not hard to go down that route. You know, you yeah. start thinking, you can rationalize it if you want to. You know, like, oh, we are all gods. You know, we are all capable of, you know what I mean? It's, and, and who knows? They might be right, but I don't think so. You know, I, I tend to think, <sighs> I, I like to think of, 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 of what really trips me out is when you think about like the dimensions above and below, right? Like, um, you think about atoms and shit, like, to us, an atom is just an atom, but what if an atom is much more than an atom, you know? And what if we're an atom? You know, like if you get, you, you go, you scale up large enough that we become that tiny, we become the size of an atom, what's that existence? 
there might be whole right. things living in that existence that we're just an atom to. You know what I mean? Like so, it's, it's it's interesting to think about all that shit. But at the end of the day, who, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows anything. <laughs> it's all just guessing game. Yeah, there, like there's been times um, I've been just absolutely convinced through like you know interdimensional direct experience. Like moments where it's like this was like the most real experience that's ever happened to me, and yeah, that's you know, what where, like where it's like it takes a couple of weeks to recover and like get back into the matrix, and real life doesn't seem real because what happened was so real, and you feel like you know everything, but yeah. like looking back on it, it always feels like a dream. So, but I know there have been times where I was convinced of a spiritual realm and an afterlife and everything, but yeah. It's not like to a point where I could like definitively tell you about it, but I do believe that it exists on some level, and I believe yeah. there's there's more real realms than the one we currently occupy. Yeah, the one thing I'm for sure of is that the atheist view of the world as if we're the only thing that exists, and when we die, we just disappear. I, that that to me is 100 percent for sure not the case. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with um, that. Yeah, I wonder if if. Uh, Reincarnation sometimes is is uh, is real too. Sometimes that kind of. I used like to think it was total bullshit, man, until I had a couple near death experiences, and now I think it might be legit. Yeah, yeah. So you've so you've done when you've done DMT. A lot of people say it, it feels more real than than real life. Is that the the experience you had? Yeah. That's got to mm-hmm. yeah, be strange. Sure. And it, it's not yeah. just that. It's like other things that are like. That have been like, uh, like whether it was with or without the use of drugs, there's just experiences I've had that make me like, I don't know, like you, you like the the thing you hear always hear is like you you you're, you see, you like see your life flash before your eyes. Like I've had that happen, and it was like an eternity of my entire life. On, uh, like, like from birth to death at that moment that I was dying and literally believed I was dying from an NDE uh, from what from an NDE a near death experience or from DMT uh, allegedly this one was LSD so the first time LSD, way too much yeah so way too much a, had, took way too much was, this was about a 16 hour experience but um, probably so you had six, that, that kind of near death experience from doing LSD yeah, I can. I, I can. I was convinced that I was dying. I was absolutely convinced that I was dying. Yeah. Um. And then, like, none of us had ever taken it before, and I'd taken mine like thirty minutes before my other friends. I was at a stranger's house. I was watching mm-hmm. a nug of weed turn into a caterpillar and crawl around the table. <laughs> I saw the moon. This was before I died. We were out on this deck, and I I saw the nug of weed like just crawling around like. And every, like, the longer you looked at everything, every molecule was like an infinite geometric, like, turning itself inside and out over and over. And everything just was so vivid. And I saw, like, the moon up in the sky once I looked at it just kept getting closer and closer until it took up the whole sky. And then, like, lasers, like, bouncing back and red lasers, like, connecting all the stars together. And by that time, I was freaking out. And so I went inside and, and, like... I couldn't tell if I was talking or like my friends were talking. Mm-hmm. And so I like went inside and lay down. I don't even know whose bed it was. Cause I was like this dude, I'd never been to his house. And 
was convinced at this point I was dying. Like I couldn't breathe. And I was like, Oh, I like took like something's wrong. I'm dying. And then that's when like I had just basically came to terms with the fact that like, Oh, I just died because I took some drug. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so then like, I like I'm hearing voices and I, I basically shoot through the like universe and land in this, it's it's a memory of a memory, so it's kind of hard. It's hard to tell exact. It's hard. It's just hard to describe. But I saw like my entire life from birth to death bared out, literally like a life review. But it wasn't from my perspective. It was from the perspective of everybody I interacted with. Yeah. Whether like all the good and bad things I did, and like just seeing like mm. feeling their emotions, like and just seeing myself from every other person's interaction with me for like my whole life yeah and then and it was it was very it was a very christian like biblical experience it felt like and once i finally Sound came like to it. once i finally like came to the conclusion that i was like a piece of shit and not worthy and like there were voices in my <laughs> head like saying like oh like it, in the res- like it was like a it was like a spiritual battle going on in my head like i'm already at this point no i'm dead i'm in the afterlife or whatever and all of a sudden, as soon as I like accept my unworthiness and like surrender to whatever is going to happen, I just all of a sudden like the most beautiful colors, the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my entire life before or after just like flood in. And I like when Gandalf, like, you know, said he spent a thousand years, a thousand lifetimes flying through the cosmos. That's what it was like. And I like spent like at that point I was able to zoom out and see the whole universe and I could at will become any person or any animal or any bug or any plant and experience what it's like to be that and then zoom back out and experience being everything and this went on for what felt like an eternity I had no memory of like my former self until Mm. after like a while and this this literally was like I was outside of time it was crazy and then after a while I like had this feeling like, Oh, I have to be like, I can't stay like this forever. I still have more work to do or more learning to do. And keep in mind, I'm not explaining this as, as it happened. It's a memory of a memory of it, but yeah. So then like, I had this like feeling like, Oh, I have to like incarnate again and like be a, go back to being a person. And I thought for sure I was about to be born as a baby. And so like, I felt like, like a heartbeat start. Like I was like, like I, I knew, I knew, I didn't know who I was, but I knew I was about to be born as a baby and it felt like an orgasm. Like my whole body had like feeling again and I like my heart started beating. And then like I woke up and I was in that bed and slowly I like my memories came back of like, oh, yeah, I'm Chris. Like I'm not like God. (laughs) Yeah. And for about two weeks after that, it took it like nothing seemed real in the real world because that was felt so real. So, yeah, anyways, suffice it to say, I didn't believe in reincarnation until that experience. Do you think it's possible it's all just uh, like a dream state that feels more real than a, than a normal dream because of, I guess, whatever chemicals? It's possible. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I think, it's still possible like, I think in this, my mind. I think this reality we're in right now is very likely a dream state as well. What's a dream po- state? A dream. You're dreaming. You know. Yeah, I think this might be a, a dream that we willingly yeah. enter. I think um, there is something to be said that like we see 
like like there's a filter and it removes the filter right like mm-hmm. that kind of can make sense but are you familiar with like the tibetan monks and like how they consider like death and the way they pray over like if somebody dies they'll pray over them for 2 weeks to help them navigate through the spirit world so that they Yeah can right. Move. Like right, the so Tibetan like, Book of the Dead. Yeah. So what they tell you is, you know, you're going to encounter all these demons, but the demons aren't real. They're mm-hmm. basically you, right? And the key to making it through is to not be scared and to keep moving. And that's kind of part of why they keep chanting. They're trying to lead them to keep them moving because what happens is you get stuck on a demon and the demon scares the shit out of you and you stop moving. And then you come back as a as a platypus instead of a human. <laughs> Yeah. If you keep you keep moving, you make it all the way to the end, then you come back as a human again, right? But it is interesting because it's almost similar to DMT, right? Because you're going to see all these things, but are those things real? Is 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 that the right response? What the Tibet the the monks say, which is just don't don't be scared of it and keep moving, you know? No. Yeah, I I think there I think there's something to that. Um, I. I I don't know. It's the problem with like talking about like the Tibetans broke it down and the Buddhists broke it down in a lot of ways. And every religion has their own way of breaking down how the afterlife is going to work. But the problem is like, it's more than likely the original ideas are all based on the same general experience, but just like my personal story, it once, once you try to translate it into some kind of doctrine or guide book, it, it it's uh there's a the filter of the human being yeah like the direct the experience itself like has to filter through a narrator and yeah. the narrator yeah. always has their own interpretation of what happened exactly but, exactly it can it can be interpreted inter- it can be taken differently and you want the same experience can be explained in 30 different ways depending on how you interpret right. it from your own culture and beliefs and all that stuff right no well, right I don't know, but next time if anybody does DMT, do it from a religious standpoint. I want to see what happens. Like if you go in and you start seeing demons or something and then you start saying all this uh, religious stuff like, you know, talk about Jesus or Jesus is my my protection or you know what I mean? Like like shit, my, my aunt is like the most religious Oh, to see Catholic. if the demons like run away? Yeah, yeah. Because, I've done that. Because my aunt, yeah, yeah. Tell I've me what would happen. Like if you were like, it works. you know. You, they, yeah, they, they vanish. They vanish. Yeah, because when you, without even saying it out loud, you just think it because you're in the astral realm at that point. But no, it, I've, tr- I've tried that twice. I've talked with uh, my buddy Sam about that because that blew my mind. Yeah, and yeah, it, because uh, there were beings that I had had like long term contact with that have I've never seen again tripping after I did that. Yeah, which makes yeah, me wonder. Because, well, I mean, coming from my Catholic background, where I, you know there is a real fear of demons and satans and stuff, you know. Like what my aunt would say would be like, you know, call on Christ and, you know, just have Christ with you the whole time in your mind, you know. Yeah, and the, uh, the, it works. Um, now, yeah. like certain people would argue, you could have called on Batman and that would have also worked. And I haven't tried this, so I don't know. But like, uh, you know, in Chaos Magic, I think Duncan Trussell was talking about this. Like, you can summon, or you can make contact with Buddha or Jesus or all these, you know entities or like your dead parent or you know whatever but Batman. like theoretically <laughs> it could be a fictional character too and i haven't tried that yeah but um but, there 
it's it's hard to tell how much it, it's and it, maybe it's not one or the other. Maybe it's not all in your head or all just spiritual because it to me it feels like the physical realm is kind of all in our head as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, have you ever been able to control your dreams? Yeah, lucid dreaming. We just did a whole uh, episode on that not too long ago. I'm and trying to get back into it. I've only been able to one dream. I was able to actually realize I was dreaming and then change the ending. One time. Okay, let's hear it. I, well, I was really young, and I was dreaming that Freddy Krueger was coming after me on a, an, <laughs> on a fucking <laughs> uh, uh, one of those buses, like straight out of the movie. Like, yeah. I, you know how dreams are. You remember just a little bit pictures here and there. So right. I remember like him chasing me in this bus, and then all of a sudden I realized, like, wait a minute, this is a dream. Like, I, and then I just started kicking the shit out of Freddy Krueger against a tree. He was like against a tree, and I just started beating the shit out of him. And uh, that's the only time I ever felt like I took control in a dream and was like, hey, I control this shit, you know? And it might be because that's what happens in Freddy Krueger movies too, right? <laughs> like the, the, the like at the end they realize, oh, this is a dream. I'm in control. Isn't that how they usually beat Freddy? Have you, have you yes, it is. Have you seen Waking Life? Uh, sounds familiar, but I don't think Alex Jones is in it. Uh, Ethan Hawke. It's, it's like, um, I don't want to give away Very too much of it, but. Really good, especially if you take a little mushrooms. Um, Wait, is that the one with Keanu Reeves too? No, but it's the same director. Uh, Scanner Darkly, okay, yeah, Keanu I've Reeves, Robert Downey Jr., Woody Harrelson. Yeah, it's it's a okay. uh, Waking Life is a lot more philosophical, um, and it's it's basically like this dude floating through a dream state and talking to all these interesting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want Alex Jones in it. Yeah, he's like driving around with yeah. a megaphone. I can pull up I the clip, he, maybe. I thought he wasn't. So he he plays the same character as, as Scanner Darkly. Yeah, he's in Scanner Darkly too, but he's just yelling on a megaphone, and then the feds scoop him up and throw him in a truck. Okay, so, okay, <laughs> I got it now. Yeah, because I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I've never seen it. I've only seen Scanner Darkly. I got to check yeah, that out. Yeah, Waking Life. I would recommend at least smoking, if not uh, taking a little bit of mushrooms. But it's it's incredible. And uh, why did I even bring that up? It had something to do with dreams. Oh, you know, they give you tips on how to lucid dream in a couple parts of the movie. So the method they tell, because have you ever have you ever practiced while you're awake trying to um, like train yourself for when you're dreaming to re- recognize you're in a dream? No, no. This is like th- there's a lot of methods to do it. The one in the movie they talk about is getting the habit in while you're awake of making sure you can turn the lights on and off. Because, like, in a dream, if you can't turn the lights off, then you recognize your dream. And so if you're because basically what the dude says is like you have to to release a dream. You have to be able to ask yourself, hey, man, is this a dream? And most people never ask themselves that while they're awake, let alone while they're asleep. So if you get in the habit of doing that, as soon as you realize you're in a dream, first, what's going to happen is you're going to wake up. And now that I'm getting back into lucid dreaming, that's usually what happens is uh, like as soon as I re- like let it on, let on or recognize I'm in a dream, I'll wake, wake up. up. But once you're yeah. good enough at it, then you can just do whatever. Like I've you can <laughs> what he, he's right when he says you it. You can write life, the narrative like, of the dream. <laughs> you can you can meet whoever you want to meet. You can fly around. You can meet any celebrity or philosopher, whoever you want to meet. You can have any kind of sex with you want with whoever you want. Like yeah. the possibilities are endless. But, yeah, Jennifer um, Love Hewitt, I'm coming, baby. Yeah, <laughs> 2000s Jennifer Love Hewitt, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. man, that's 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 it. Because I have other dreams where I've realized I was dreaming, but it ended the dream. 
It does. Like had, yeah, it ends the, the dream. The only other time I remember that happening is uh, I lost my best friend in like 2003. He got in a car wreck and died. And then a, a few years later, I had a dream where he, he came to me in the dream. But then as I was talking to him, I was like, wait a minute, this is a dream because you're dead. And then that was kind of the end of the dream. Oh, yeah. dude, that's okay. I'm tripping out now. <laughs> um, we, we When we did our podcast on dreams with Bull After Bull, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean, yeah. Spencer told almost the exact same story. He said yeah. like his, his best friend died and then like he kept having dreams about him, but mm-hmm. he started recognizing that it was a dream and then like that would end the dream. So to like keep talking to him, he would have to like know it was a dream, but not, but act in his dream. Like it was real so, so that the dream wouldn't end or that his friend wouldn't disappear. Yeah. Really? Yeah, all, the, mm. all the other dreams I had with them were normal kind of, they didn't end like that because I, I didn't have too many, but I had a few where it was just like we were back hanging out again, you know, like uh, yeah. dreaming of like having a dreaming of the old times, like playing basketball and shit like that. And yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is kind of weird. That does. I think I've heard it from a lot of people where they, they lose somebody and then they see him in their dreams, you know, which yeah. makes sense because they're in your mind, you know, whatever's right. in your mind is going to come out in your dreams. So, Yeah, no, that's. I mean, I guess like if you, I, I think there might be a spiritual component to that. Like maybe you are making contact with me afterlife, but at the same time, it's like, I still have dreams where I'm in like my childhood house. Yeah. So I grew up in the Sacramento river Delta region, which, uh, back in the day of the early California pioneer days, they used to call that area the wilds because it was a fucking shifty ass bunch of rivers and deltas that emptied out into the North end of the San Francisco Bay. And nowadays, it's all agriculture, it's all farms and shit. But back in the day, it was a funky place. And uh, uh, a lot of native peoples fought over that land. And then when we took it over, a lot of Chinese people died building those levees and building all the roads and building all the infrastructure that we have now. A lot of Chinese died doing that, and Japanese, and Koreans. And so there's just a lot of fucking dead shit around there. And so growing up, I grew up in a little, you know, house out there and we, I would, I had my little room and I would stay in my room and there'd just be days, man, where, you know, whether it was a full moon or whether it was some sort of event, maybe some sort of personal relative I'd lost, you know, or something like that, something would come up and I'd be down there by myself and there'd just be some fucking real gremlins running around, man. The TV would go on and off. The lights would flicker. Uh, I would get sleep paralysis down there. I'd wake up and just be frozen still, and there'd be like a silhouette in my doorway looking at me as I slept. And then I'd close my eyes and open it again, and it'd be gone. And um, for a time period when I was kind of struggling and I, I had nowhere to stay, I lived there for a little bit. All my grandparents now, I paid them rent, and I was just like, let me just stay in your little spot out here, you know, for a little bit or whatever. And uh, I stayed there every fucking night, man. I eventually got to the point where I was like, hey, I'll, they can't hurt me, no matter what. These ghosts, they come in, they fuck with me, they turn on my TV, they do all this shit. But they can't actually hurt me. And as long as I just stand up to them, as long as I just tell them to fuck off, then they'll fuck off. 
And it was a very interesting sort of spiritual power that I gained that I can't really talk about in any other context other than right now in this very moment, you know. But, because uh, it's a weird story. But, that's real shit. And some places you go, they just got that fucking juju that's floating around there, man. And, uh, depending on how deep you get into it, if you start reading, you know, Aleister Crowley's Book of Law around there and you start doing rituals and shit, well then, hey, guess what? You're going to have even more problems on your hands. <laughs> but if you don't do that, if you don't do that and you just go, hey, fuck off, and they go, all right, I'll find someone else. It's that simple. Sometimes. Sometimes it isn't. It's kind of amazing how many similarities in what you just said there are to, like, a handful of other stories I've already pulled from old episodes, like Hotep with it or Ping Trip or... You know. Oh, right on. So you, you, you got a story out of Hotep. And you got a Hotep story with it had the whole sleep paralysis, red-eyed giant demon at his bed, and his mom was saying there was, like, a parasite on him, like a demon. And uh, it mm-hmm. was for, like, years that was happening to him. And then, of course, Fletcher's right. story about the that black entity that came out of a tear in the sky when they were meditating, trying to contact an entity, and it followed him for years until he just finally told it to fuck off. <laughs> and it did. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. There's a power in consciously being like, look, I'm not crazy. This thing is fucking with me. Yeah. And I got to fuck with it back. I, uh-huh. mean, I, I got a drum kit. I bought a drum kit. And when the fucking thing scared the shit out of me, I'd be in the house all by myself. So I'd go out there and I'd bang on those fucking drums. I'd go, hey, I know you're here. Go fuck yourself, you fucking piece of shit. And I'd just play as loud as I fucking could. Hell yeah. And, uh, and scared it away. Even if it's fake. Even if it's just a psychological thing. But I swear to God, though, man, there, there was something funky going on. And it wasn't just me. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not one to believe in that shit. I'm not one to be a big ghost guy. You know? Like, for me, I'd rather that not exist. I wish that there weren't ghosts and demons and shit that were fucking with you. But yeah. sometimes you just got to see what's going on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sleep yeah. paralysis is a common thing, too. Which I'm. That's a big one. That's happened to me, but never with like an entity. But yeah, a lot of people on this show have told stories about just always shit standing at the end of their bed while they're in sleep paralysis. It's usually like a black yeah. figure with the sometimes red eyes, a lot of people say. But yeah, fuck that, dude. I'm, it's happened to me twice. Thank God. That exact yeah, that, thing. I've, I've just had the sleep paralysis, which is scary enough by itself. Uh, I don't need any. The first, time any. It happened to, the, the first time it happened to me, I knew it was my Uncle Bob, who died many years ago. Uh, but oh, I wow. just knew it was him. And he was just like, it was basically him just being like, hey, what's up? I was oh, so like, I'm trying to like sleep. It wasn't like dark energy? It was just like a... It was a dark energy. Oh. He, he, he made... It wasn't his fault that it was a dark energy, but it was like, in order to, to cross that threshold, in order to communicate with me in the first place, it had to be a sinister means. There was no pleasant way for me to like actually engage with this guy. There was only going to be sleep paralysis and a dark figure at my bed, you know? Yeah. There's no other way for it to work, you know? The, the ghost can't come up to you in the middle of the day and give you a cup of tea. Just It's just not... <laughs> the, the channels are the channels. Yeah. Uh, and the second time, it was a real fucking 
I think it was like a Native American spirit. But that's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. It could be all psychological. I don't know. But I saw what I saw. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. a lot of, a lot of, it's, it's, there's something, there's something going on and it's more than just uh, psychological, I would say. There's just too many, too many stories that all line up with each other and. Yeah. Too many yeah, things. I mean, that if you're telling me that, that my story adds up with the other life. stories. Do what? Sure. I was just saying, if my story is the same as other stories that you've heard, you know, it's a, it's a common thing that happens. Yeah. I believe that there's another realm. I believe there's another uh, plane of existence where certain entities dwell. I don't know if it's the if it's necessarily the souls of the dead, but it could be uh, a collective energy. It could be just a certain wave of a dimension that brushes just slightly grazes against ours. That is just you know we 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 exist sort of on a shoreline of consciousness. And we're always trying to get just over that threshold into the ocean. But if we truly went out there, we'd drown. It's just kind of a funny story. You know, I'm like, I'm a total atheist and I don't believe in shit. Um, But I do have this weird thing that happened. Um, So it was my senior year of high school. Uh, I ended up doing cross country, but I hated it. All my friends were doing it. So there was the state meet. And I went to Downers Grove North. Basically, it's a suburb of Chicago. And uh, there's another school, uh, York, and they're in Elmhurst. Um, And anyway, Downers and York kind of had a rivalry going. And so uh, friends were going to the meet. And so I went to the meet. And another guy actually got this voodoo doll um, from someone who had just actually been down to New Orleans and who knows what the hell. So we got this voodoo doll, and me and a bunch of guys, uh, this one guy actually, he's from a different school, but he's one of the crazy awesome guy. He ended up going to the military and stuff, but he's totally awesome. So he kind of, all day we were just, you know, the last run. And so all day we're just, he snuck into the guy, into their little camp, and he's rubbing, he found their, his, supposedly, he found the guy's bag, and he's rubbing it on the bag, and all day we're doing shit with it, throwing it in the middle of the street, and uh, getting it run over and different things like this with this voodoo doll all day, right? So this guy, uh, and anyway, sorry, the guy that we were targeting is this, he was a guy from, where is he, grew up in. So he had, this guy has a Wikipedia page. He was born in Sandjeford, uh in Norway. So he was an exchange student. His name's Marius Bakken. Um, I sent you a link for Wikipedia. Um, anyway, so he was an exchange student to this school in Elmhurst, uh, and we're rubbing it on the shit because he's like supposedly going to win the race. He's definitely going to be the number one. So the race starts and he's kicking ass. Um, there's actually, it's very strange. There's a YouTube video of the race, which like, it's very rare. It's 1995 IHSA, uh, state cross country final or whatever. So you can watch this. And the whole time, he's running ahead of everybody. There's one guy that's not too far behind, but basically way ahead of everybody else. Doing awesome the whole race. So we're watching this, me and a bunch of my friends, and there's these, you know, little metal spikes that they have, where they and they kind of have a string pulled between them to kind of mark, you know, different areas of the race, right? 
So when they come through the like last piece of the woods area, uh, there's like one of those markers there. So he's still ahead and all that. So me and all my buddies, we take the uh, voodoo doll and we spike it on one of these spikes. And, you know, we're like, oh, whatever, you know, but we're walking back to the uh, where the race is ending. And we're hearing these these mumblings about what what the hell what what was what was going on what what was that, and you can watch this now on YouTube, which you know obviously never saw this before till recently, found this video, and he basically uh, he falls right in that like little I don't know if you've ever been to a cross country meet but right in that chute, where like you know they can only get one person to get in he falls in that chute. They have to pull him out of the middle of that chute so the other people can run past him, and then he ends up getting fourth place or whatever. Doesn't make any sense. So if you look at this Wikipedia page, he uh, ended up going to the Olympics. Um, he wasn't successful, but he was at the Olympics in 2000 and 2004, uh, European Championship, World Championships, and all this stuff, World Championships. Um, so I have never had any contact with him or any of that. This weirdest fucking story. I can't explain it. I don't believe in any of that shit. Anyway, the next day on Monday, you know, there's like the little preps paper or whatever talking about what happened, you know, in the news or whatever. And there's a quote from him and it says, there was nothing supernatural about it. I just had a bad race. That's my story. That's all I got. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. Uh, do you, I wonder why he was, uh, it's it's weird that he would say that. Right. It's why would he Why would he even it? bring up there was nothing supernatural about it totally. without I, I, I think they might have found it. I don't know that we ever took it off of the little spike thing. Uh, so that's possible somebody found it, but I don't know. Um, well, thank God he didn't just collapse dead, because then you'd really be exactly. freaked out. <laughs> well, it's kind of why I don't fuck with shit anymore. Yeah. I mean, no, I've, I'm the same way of... I've been spooked a couple too many times to mess with any of that. We were just talking about that the other day. Yeah. Who's just, cause I've, I've seen strange lights in the sky. I've seen strange beings that with groups of friends. And, um, one time it, we, this was before I ever did any drugs aside from nicotine or caffeine. And, uh, it all came from meditation, but we were all in a group meditating and then, this this black being came out of a a, a tear in the sky, and uh, wow. that was that was a fucked up experience, and that that thing stuck with me. That sounds like, like Stranger yeah. Things, like that big that big like octopus thing in Stranger Things, like that big dark oh spider thing. Yeah, in the yeah, sky. yeah. Is that what it so, looks like? Kind of. I mean, it wasn't like that. So it was a dark night, and. Uh, this thing was blacker than black. Like it was, it was darker than <laughs> like the Danny Glover's was, dick. Yeah, I mean, it was it was made out of nothing. Like mm -hmm. it, this this what it was. It was like a, and so it came out of a, a tear in the sky because we were in the same mindset of that they were extra dimensional beings and and you could communicate with them through meditation, and so that's what we were all focusing on, and that's what we got. But we didn't know what we were doing, so this oh. was a a very negative type of of entity, yeah. And uh, 
we were out in the front yard of, of a buddy's house and we all saw it and we all recognized that it saw us Whoa, because shit. It, it like it landed on a microwave relay tower and uh which was a few hundred yards in front of my buddy's house and and then started coming I down the tower and <laughs> coming toward us we all ran into his house and his house was set up i guess you would call it a ranch house where it was all one level and it was a long house we ran mm-hmm. in through the door at the carport so it's on one end of the house and there was a room in there like a, a, a narrow room kind of tacked onto the side of this house and it went into the kitchen and the door between the, that room and the kitchen was one of those, um, I don't know. It was a, how big was, was this thing? Sl- person sized. Hmm. Like our tall, our Shit. tallest buddy was six, five. And this mm-hmm. thing was like that person is, is like shadow people person shaped. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, no, all, straight okay. Up. Yeah, the shadow people they sh- they pop up it, independently of each other. I have several friends that have worked graveyard shift, third shift, like factory jobs and stuff. And if they take speed, like Adderall or Vivance or whatever, to stay up for multiple days, like since they're working throughout the night, all of them start seeing shadow people after being awake for a couple of days and hearing them whispering at them and seeing them and like the walking around with them and stuff. That's this. what that sounds like. I've had experience with that sort of thing being up on uppers like Adderall. And this is not like that. Those things you see in the corner of your eyes and stuff, at least in my experience, this was, was straight up there. Like there was no denying it. It didn't skitter off. uh, Like you could feel its energy. Like, man, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Goosebumps talking about it. So the door between the, the door between the kitchen and that room yeah. Never worked. It was off its tracks. It was one of those that, like, uh, the door folded in the middle to mm-hmm. to o- to open and close, and it never worked. It was off the tracks. But when we were running through that room to get into the kitchen, uh, that door slammed shut, and it took all of us to pry it open to get it so we could go through. Oh, and uh, there was the hallway between uh, his room was on one end. His sister's room was on the other end, so like a long hallway. Then it teed off to go to the bathroom, and then the door going into that hallway. Well, when we got in there, we shut the door behind us, but the doors to the two bedrooms in the bathroom are open. Those slammed shut, and the attic fan that didn't work started spinning and sucking air up out of that that hallway, and uh, and it was. It was loud. The attic fan was fucking loud. And uh, one of our buddies that was... He was he was more experienced in the meditation and, and that type of earth energy than we were. He just, uh, out of nowhere, goes, God damn it, stop it already! And everything, like, eased up. The suction stopped. That fan, like, just stopped spinning. And, mm. uh... The air just relaxed, and we we walk out. We look in the house. There's nothing there. But that fucking thing followed me for years, and uh, I don't talk about it a lot because it used to scare the shit out of me legitimately. Yeah, because I would see it. I would. What do you mean it followed? Get that feeling. Well, 
like Carolyn said, like you could feel its energy. I would feel yeah. the energy, bef- that negative energy, that draining type of energy before I ever saw it. One time it happened to me when I was driving down a road. I got that feeling. It's like, oh, I've felt that before. And then I look in my rearview mirror because I'm driving. I'm always checking my mirrors. And it was back on the road behind me. And uh, and like I just kept seeing it back there. It was always the same distance behind me. It never got close. It never got in the car. It was just always behind me. And I could feel that energy. And I'd have to really concentrate to to make it go away. Now, what did it look and, like uh, exactly? Because you... It- just a it's shadow. just a humanoid, yeah, like a humanoid shadow, a shape, but it's darker than the shadows. Like, it's so black, it stood out in the shadows uh-huh. as something darker. Even in, yeah. in the dead of night, like on that highway, it was it was pitch black, and I live in the woods, and this road was in the woods, trees on either side, and it was dark, and I could still see it back there in the dark. Mm-hmm. And each time I saw it, it would get closer and closer. Um when I was Twilight going through, episode. I was going through like, well, not like, like when the lightning flashes, it's suddenly closer. No, but like no, but that know, time it stayed just a, like the a distance of, away. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next time, however long later I saw it, I was having problems um, with my ex-wife. And uh, um, again, I was driving, but it, it was like right behind my car. And uh, then one time... Several months later, I was out in the woods walking around like I do, taking pictures and smoking and just enjoying the fresh air, motherfucker. <laughs> and I got that feeling. I was like, don't mm-hmm. tell me that thing is coming around again. And uh, I kept walking, trying to ignore it, trying to think of good, positive things, draw up the good energy from the earth and send it through my body, in from the earth, out through my body. Is what I was just going over. And I kept feeling it, and it kept getting closer and closer. I could feel it getting closer, but I couldn't see it. And then finally I, I turn around and there it is like right next to this fucking old oak tree. And, uh, I was like, look, man, I'm tired of this shit. Either you're going to come and like attack me, send me to hell, drag me, you know, whatever you're going to do or just fuck off. <laughs> I said it just like that. And poof, <laughs> it was gone. Whoa. And I haven't Whoa. seen it since. Hell yeah. I haven't had any of that shit Oh, good. Since. Happy ending, man. I was starting, I was yeah. starting to freak out. <laughs> I was like, okay. But, uh, okay, so how did it, you've, you guys, you said you guys were meditating when it first showed up. Were you, did you do any kind of weird ritual or did anybody do kind of like, was uh, the vibe? It was like, yeah, like focusing the energy to a crystal. We were, oh, okay. we were in that using crystals to uh, amplify thoughts and energy. And the, the and, people uh, that were around, did any of them say that it was following them too later on? Honestly, I haven't talked them? to them. No. Oh, okay. I, I, that's what I was curious about. I was wondering if they had similar things happen. But you, you, what's creeped me out and the reason I've kind of, over the last couple of years, stopped doing like heroic doses of, of psychedelics or any kind of intent to contact things is because there's entities you can come across that are clearly dark like that and bad. But the scarier thought is that there are entities that like, you know, the classic Bible thing, Lucifer presents himself as a being of light. You know, it's the most beautiful of all the angels. There's that 
there can be entities you come across that are present themselves as good and holy, like angel type vibes, and they could be even more evil than the ones that are on the face, obviously evil. And I kind of came to this realization, like when, I don't know, I had these, I like when I was contacting (laughs) entities and stuff, like through just, uh, like big doses of psychedelics over several years. And it's like all like really enlightening stuff at first, but then this like these, it's hard to really explain. It's like the Alex Gray painting. Usually you're out of body, you know, in in most of these cases, but this, it, it, this this message kept getting pushed that to, to me that like morality is subjective, kind of like a do what thou will type. Like at, like after a while, it became like the message being. I, I started to question it because it's like no, there is good and evil, and like why are why am I being told that like morality is subjective? And it was like this whole weird. It's I'm years away from it now, and I've kind of not really dealt with it since then, so it's not as fresh in my brain the experiences as they were but yeah i don't know i just i came to this conclusion that like you can't really trust any of those motherfuckers (laughs) whether they kind of shows we're we're not equipped for that the the training for people has been lost right uh, over over the the centuries and 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 it's viewed as taboo to even think about uh wanting those type of experiences or understanding Right, and so when we when we do have them, when we experience have experiences with drugs and other things, we don't we don't know how to handle it. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to project the right version of ourselves into this. And and, and not uh, every single trip is going to be exactly the same. Actually, none of them are the same. They're always different. Every single one of them, same drug, different trips. Yeah, they're and always you, different, but they always like they always have this underlying similarity that you kind of come to at some point in it at there, least in my there, experience there are yeah there are certainly themes i i found um but but there's but it's always the theme is uh, usually i mean there are themes but then uh you know that then it's the mirror that it's reflective like if you go you have to go in there with like a positive if you want to have a good trip, you want to be have, have already have like a positive rea- uh, um, relaxed uh, feelings before going into it. You don't want to be all angry or upset or it, then that, then that reflection is going to be of that. And that's what you're going to be right. going to be experiencing. Well, do you um, think that's why ancient peoples had drum circles and, uh, and, and things like that? the the communal part of it of the ritual to boost your spirits to lift your spirits and to get yeah. into that right positive mindset before you venture on for sure that's kind of what uh, church is yeah i think so yeah uh, most people and the elves are like janitors he wants to like interface of mine sometimes like a big daddy shows up and it's like you know it's, it's not elves and a lot of times from my understanding they're surprised that you're seeing them oh yeah, yeah you're like I just watched that in. movie from, uh, from. It's like you're jumping you, you in somebody's see, uh, bedroom at night. Yeah, you ever see that '80s horror movie from Beyond? Okay, so let me ask you in a different way. Then, if you've, you've never, I'm assuming you've never done any kind of uh, psychotropic, psychoactive, um, third eye unleashing, op- ripping open the veil, seeing other dimensions type of drug before. No. Okay. Let me ask a different question then. 
Have you ever had something you would consider to be a supernatural experience? Um, the, the closest I'll come, and I've told this story to a Nick the Rat multiple times because he always forgets, um, <laughs> was driving home one night, winter, cold, um, where it ended up the uh, next day, my sister, who was pregnant, had her uh, first child, my nephew, and my grandfather, who had been dead for, for years, I had his old car, and I was driving home. Right, and yeah, all okay. of a sudden, a just he just got a very strong scent out of nowhere, which to me immediately was the tobacco that the smell that, you know, when I used to go over to their apartment, that was the smell I associated with it. That was a very strong, you know, strong enough to where, you, you know, you got the chills down your spine and, you know, kind of you know, had that weird feeling like, wow, that was weird. Where did that come from? And uh, then the next morning found out that uh, my sister had the child and i was like well now this would have been his first great grandchild so if you were going to come back and check things out and you know he loved his car always made jokes about uh because it was an oldsmobile always made jokes about my mom's uh, cadillac which which he ended up dying in which i think he would be laughing about that at uh, at this point but uh to me, it just really was the closest I ever came to like, wow, this was a this was something from at least beyond the grave sending a message that uh, that uh, to today I can't explain it any other way. And that just seems to I mean, granted, it could just be a bunch of random things working at the exact right time or, you know, there's something else out there. I think there is. And there, I mean, I don't obviously have any idea exactly what it is because you can't necessarily prove these types of things but just based on direct experience i've had a lot of stuff happen that i can't explain and yes allegedly drugs may have been involved in at least 70 percent of it but alex makes a good point which is confirmed and i've had this happen seeing lights in the sky with you know five people all see it and we're all looking at them for a while before somebody has the balls to say like do you guys see that too and then everybody's like Fuck, yeah i so this is the the I, I think there's dimensions all around us that we don't see um, without removing a filter. But going back to the Archbishop's letter to Trump about good and evil and all this stuff, like the more the deeper down you go into these rabbit holes, it does seem like the political struggles of freedom versus tyranny do correlate to a true good and evil yeah like, black and white right well yeah I mean, darren you don't always have to make it about race now <laughs> no it's zeros and ones <laughs> i mean kidding. that's what it is <laughs> yeah. on and off i'm just kidding although i will say i thought this was somewhat ironic that uh and because i get a lot of spam but i got uh, spam today from victoria's secret or they send stuff out pretty much daily and now it's just become more of a, uh, it used to be, there was a bunch of really hot chicks and I'm into hot chicks. So that was why you would open up the emails. Now it's kind of like, let's see if you can count the minorities and transgenders in the ad. But today they actually sent a thing out for Black Friday. I opened it up. Every model in the ad was black. And I'm like, do you understand what you just did there? And I'm not sure they do. Because Black Friday is a sale. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's like, yeah, I'm like, you you do realize, right, what Black Friday means, but you uh, did you not no. you know, unintentionally just didn't have any white 
people. And there was there was also a black guy in the ad, which is the first time I've seen this wearing like Victoria's the same Secret, hoodie. Black Friday edition. <laughs> yes, Victoria's like, Secret, <laughs> yes. Secret Black Friday Libya edition. Open air. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just like, do you not realize what you're doing? But I, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes it escapes people now. We're just trying so hard. And I mean, you're down there in Nashville. And I was a country music fan. I've gone through stages. And uh, I, I've become later in life where I can jump between these stages much more quickly, which means I could listen uh, today, you know, put on some Ted Nugent and then throw on some Sinatra and then throw on, you know, the monks chanting. And that's fine. Uh, it used to be more into a genre and I would stick with rock or I would stick with country or whatever it was for a longer period of time. And I was really into country music for a long time. I did websites for a few prominent country artists. I ran a fan club for one of them, was involved with a lot of the stuff going on there in Nashville. And the fact that the CMAs just this year gave the, and it's the Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award, which I think is kind of funny because he's still alive, but the Lifetime Achievement Award this year finally went to Charlie Pride, who was one of the greatest country artists ever, just happens to be black. And I'm like, okay, did he get it this year because of what? Is it just because he was black? And I think it is. I mean, he should have gotten it a long time ago. That is the travesty. But was it handed to him this year? Because it's like, oh, we want to be woke. The Major League Baseball, who there's only like 5% or so, if I'm not screwing this number up, but it's really low. The amount of African-American players that they have in Major League Baseball. It's like very, very low percentage. A lot of the black guys are Dominican and that, but African-American, very low. Both rookies of the year this year were African-American. And it's like, did they really deserve it? Or was it just because they were black? We're getting to a point to where we're doing stuff for all the wrong reasons. And merit-based is going out the window. And it's like, we just need to check a box, uh, check a box and that's it. Diversity Sorry, that, is strength. Yes, I should be. I should be saving this rant for grumpy old Ben's. Yeah, you did a really good job <laughs> of somehow redirecting away from interdimensional beings, but we're going to get back there. Okay, so the Twilight who's Zone this? Theme. <laughs> I, this is a stick figure. I have no, no but idea. you can see it's labeled, right? What is it? So say? that's MM. MM. Is that Michael Mouse? That's, that's me. That's Next right. to that is who? Is uh, It says they? What's this? Alex. Can you oh, Alex. So that's <laughs> Alex. I can't read your hand right And then there's you next to me, right? That's me. That's me. And there's a little house. So, is that on, smoke coming on. out of the chimney? Yes, but hold on. So each of those figures correspond to three of us. What does that house correspond to? My house? No, that house doesn't exist, right? Uh -huh. It's a representation of a house that has no uh, referent in reality. So in the same way, many of the people that we see in 3D space do not actually exist in a 4D space. You following this so far? Sure, people that don't exist in the 4D space that do exist in the 3D. Yeah, like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I don't they're know. background, he... but they're not. You're assuming he's human. Eh. He might be a clone or a lizard person or an android. I mean, there's no telling. Could be but, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you've met people. I don't want to name any names, but I'm sure you've met people that, like, they're not really conscious. It's like they it's like they're an NPC or like a like a auto-generated character on Grand Theft Auto. Right. Yeah, they're they're like a bad AI. Yeah. <laughs> like glitching into walls and shit.
space. They're background, but they're not fully real in the same way that me drawing this house is not real, even what? though these three figures represent the three of us. It's like what? Skype. So you're saying that like we have a fourth dimensional projection and some people don't? Yes. What determines whether That's someone crazy. has Probably the I way don't know. It's the way you vibrate. If you vibrate Interdimensional with, will. Yeah, you'll crack the Higgs field at a certain <laughs> form of vibration. Not, the Higgs yeah, bonds we've, or whatever. We've, you have you have pulled Tim Pool into this parallel universe. I have no idea what's going on. You <laughs> no, do know what I'm talking. You, you do know exactly. What is, I, I understand what you're NASA, saying. NASA NASA tried to abandon space travel because of this. When they found out about this, it's like I mean, Stranger is, Things. This is real. Yeah. They're like that's in, the upside down. It's exactly upside correct. down world. They're, you're laughing, but I'm not joking. So Alex hit on a really good point right there. NASA tried to abandon space travel, or didn't even try. Succeeded on abandoning space travel when they found out about this. So Operation Paperclip, we hired all these Nazis right after World War II that were into the occult, working with Hitler and all these witches in the Brill Society and doing all these occult rituals, sacrificing kids, taking extreme amounts of hallucinogens, and they made contact with, quote, aliens, interdimensional beings, demons. So Paperclip, we hired thousands of Nazi scientists to come run NASA and the OSS, which became the CIA, right? And so then when NASA like has all this information, they are like, Space is an empty wasteland. We need to not even worry about it. There's nothing out there. It's all about inner space. You know, um, what's that movie where the dude gets into the isolation tank, altered states or whatever? So theoretically, na all the NASA shit we see in, the reason a lot of it looks fake, like Fletcher talks about when SpaceX, Elon Musk's mouse is out there, uh, even though it's in space, you see a mouse running around on the outside, the moon landings look fake, all that. That's because that's all a sideshow. And the real NASA budget is going to pumping astronauts full of psychonauts full of extreme hallucinogens to go into meetings with interdimensional beings and create and get the blueprints to technology that they bring out into the real world and build it. That's where cell phones and TV and all that shit came from. This is yeah, a theory. But what's, what's going to happen now? I mean, this was easy when you had to have uh, governments sending people into space. Now you got Elon sending people into space. What are you going to do now that private citizens have the ability to do this? Well, do you think, do you think, because uh, the old story is like all this technology, like CD-ROMs and radio waves and all this that came from Roswell or whatever, the crashed UFO. But that seems like a, a red herring cover story from the fact that it, came from something much more i mean shit book of revelations like i was talking about with dean reiner 2000 years ago predicts a global government a global pandemic and a mark on your right hand or forehead that you can't buy or sell with yeah i mean i don't know which one is necessarily more scary to the average citizen whether it's you know there are people out there and you know in, in space somewhere that are actual physical beings or if the fact, like, oh, there's another dimension, like, right next to you. Somebody could be, you know, it's, uh, you know, both are a little bit freaky. I think the the first is easier for more people to believe. Um, but, uh, I mean, really, there's no, if you believe in science at all, saying any of these don't exist is just stupid because we don't know. And I would say the the possibilities that both do are higher than not. Agreed. So. Uh, what do you know about Terrence McKenna? Zero. Okay, he. We actually did a whole long episode. Me and my co-host Noah back a while back on Absent Six Pack. That was pretty interesting. But he has a 
he's like a god among the psychedelic community, like very counterculture, pro taking mushrooms, and he popularized DMT way before Joe Rogan did. Um, which, according to McKenna, DMT was first synthesized by the military, and they had uh, one one they had barrels and barrels of it in a warehouse, and one barrel was enough to get the entire United States population high on DMT like a hundred times each, or some outrageous number. And the military was synthesizing this stuff. Back goes back to MK Ultra mind control programs and all that. But uh, McKenna, who was super pro psychedelic, said similar stuff, and he kind of talks like this. He's like very effeminate and eggheady, but he had uh, going it. It coincides with what Alex Jones was talking about, where it's like, yeah, they uh, they go in and they they take the DMT and they get alien blueprints. Like McKenna decades ago was talking about. Uh, mushrooms i'll play a clip in a second but he's basically like mushrooms are an intelligent life force and when you take them on high enough doses you see galactic plans and blueprints for (laughs) alien weapons and battleship schematics and so uh those are the good mushrooms yeah (laughs) yeah not those monsanto gmo mushrooms but the good ones but as you raise the dose they, these, the character of these things begins to appear. And, uh, for instance, psilocybin is, to my mind, in many ways, the most anomalous. Because, number one, this thing about how it speaks, it does speak. And none of the others do. I mean, the others you may occasionally, in years of fiddling, get a a sentence or two, but the mushroom just is voluble. It just comes on and raves, you know, and sometimes you even, and people have said to me, it really does rave. I mean, it's not a calm, it's not a, it's not a go with the flow rap. It's rap about planetary destiny in the next 10 million years and the last 10 million years. So the elites picked up on this obviously a long time ago. I mean, it, History details psychedelic sacraments and child sacrifice and all this stuff dating back in every culture on every continent for thousands of years. But but the in this theory, in this crazy rabbit hole, the current elite, including the CIA, are obsessed with these um, the interdimensional travel through the use of psychedelics and occult rituals. Are you with me so far, Darren? Yeah, I'm with you on the concept, but I'm thinking if you wanted to enslave and befuddle and just totally fuck with a whole generation, you could get them to take mushrooms by telling them they'll see other dimensions and all will be uh, revealed to them if they take the mushrooms. So, I mean, that's... Yes, uh, MK Ultra. <laughs> yeah. John Lennon uh, and uh, uh, Timothy Leary and a lot of them had some CIA ties for sure. You know, so it's an interesting thing. It's like, well, is this, are you really seeing other dimensions or are you just being kept docile? And, uh, you know, that's why it's like, I don't like any drugs. I mean, I'll even, you know, alcohol dulls the senses, but that's okay in moderation. But I don't, it's the opposite. Uh, I don't go alcohol for the Alcohol is stuff. the opposite of DMT or mushrooms. Yes. One, yeah. alcohol dulls the senses. The other one heightens them. Because even on a low dose, everything, your sense of your smell, touch, taste, sight, vision. They've done studies that prove your visual acuity is way more enhanced on mushrooms like they did studies with psilocybin giving people psilocybin mushrooms and there's a bunch of lines and to the sober people they all looked like a row of straight lines 
but the people on psilocybin were able to detect that which ones were slightly, just barely crooked. That's bizarre. Yeah. So, uh, but it, and and then th- if theoretically, if you take enough of them, then you're gonna your senses are so heightened that you see aliens or angels and demons or whatever's around us all the time. Um, but continuing with McKenna, the uh, the the and a lot of this is where mystical folklore about like gnomes and leprechauns and shit seems to come from vampires and all that. Uh, but yeah, the gnomes, man. Okay, here's what happened. After two hits, you feel completely peculiar. At that point, people say, whoa, wow, it's really coming on strong. And then what you have to do is you have to take one more enormous hit. Then what happens is it like physically propels you through this chrysanthemum-like thing. And on the other side, there's a a whole bunch of entities waiting. You know that Pink Floyd song, The Gnomes Have Learned a New Way to Say Hooray? Well, it's that place. It's those gnomes. And they come pounding toward you, and they will stop in front of you and vibrate, but then they do a very disconcerting thing, which is they jump into your body. They jump into your body, and then they jump back out again. And the whole thing is going on in this very high-speed mode where you're being presented with thousands of details per second and you can't get a hold. And these things are saying, don't abandon yourself to amazement. Pay attention to what we're doing. Well, what are they doing? Well, what they're doing is they're making objects with their voices and you feel like a bubble inside your body and when it comes out it isn't sound it's vision and then after a minute or so of this the whole thing begins to collapse in on itself they wave goodbye and they say deja vu deja vu I would be able to discount these um, I would be able to discount this whole thing a lot more if I hadn't have had experiences that were uncannily, uncannily similar to that before I had heard anyone else describing them happening to them. I think that is bullshit. <laughs> what? Where did he come from? Damn. JCD is everywhere. Oh, gotta lay off the weed. <laughs> Can, uh, I'm going mean, to use this Adam, that Adam Curry clip a lot in the future. <laughs> well, that's him from the uh, the episode of Swamp uh, Thing. Swamp Thing, yeah. I got to go find that. We'll watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I was on. not high enough to enjoy it. It was really goofy, but basically Adam Curry is a rock star, and he finds out that he's getting sued because two kids that were listening to music killed themselves and were big fans of his, kind of like the Judas Priest thing. Yeah. And then he oh, starts yeah, getting Judas- haunted by their ghosts and shit in his house. Yeah, there was a bunch of those back in the 80s, the lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is uh, really uh, bad acting and good hair when it comes to Adam Curry and Swamp Thing. He was probably the best actor in that episode. The guy <laughs> that played Swamp Thing was pretty... I think modulated his voice, and it was really weird. But um, just to just to wrap... Well, ugh, I might have to skip some of these clips. It's getting late, you know what I mean? But 
back to back because this I'm so glad that I found like I got these clips because that podcast has pretty much been wiped from everywhere now. But uh, yeah, Tim Pool, Michael Malice, Alex Jones, and see if you like. There's a similarity between what Terrence McKenna, who's pro psychedelic, and Alex Jones, who's anti psychedelic, both seem to agree on the entities at least. Whether it was the Babylonians, or whether it was the Egyptians, or whether it was the Mesoamericans, or whether it was the ancient Druids. They would build altars on these ley lines, interdimensional vortexes of energy in the earth, which are easier, I guess, for it to resonate. It's what they think. I don't know how this all works. And then they would demand blood. Uh, just to pause it right there. It is weird how in five different on five different continents around the world, way before the Internet was created, you have pyramids all over the place that are all perfectly aligned to the North Star. Well, the North Star was always a big thing. I mean, that was, yeah, but again, was what, pyramids also like, how did they all know to build a pyramid aligned to the North Star without contacting each other? Or is that just something that's encoded in humans DNA that we want to do? Which is possible. Or maybe people just played too much D&D back then. It's hard to say. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, there's a I mean, lot. There is a there is a giant metal pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. That's a Bass Pro Shop. So <laughs> I believe that. Well, there's even like in Ireland, there's, you know, and elsewhere. But there's a lot of these big uh you know, rock formations that were built that, you know, the sun shines directly into it, you know, only perfectly during, you know, the solstice or something like that, where, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that this kind of stuff was done. And why it was done at that particular time, I mean, it's a good question. It could be encoded into the DNA. I mean, there was some, um, obviously, communications of people that talked and went from, you know, place to place. Obviously, maybe not... We know not like now, but, you know, I think the people you see, the North Star, you see the sun, have people having similar ideas, I can see it happening. It's possible, but they also had the same idea to, like, uh, sacrifice children on tops of those pyramids. Well, that was to appease the gods, of course. Right, yeah, the Aztecs worshipped this sky serpent called Quetzalcoatl, and they would all take mushrooms, thousands of them at the same time, and hallucinate unless it was all because they all saw it, this giant sky serpent called Quetzalcoatl, and they would sacrifice thousands and thousands of people sometimes in one day to this sky serpent. And how much of this stuff sounds like a Star Trek episode? <laughs> They've all been done. I know, reality, it's like at a certain point you realize that fiction's just ripping off reality. Yeah, yeah, we're taking ideas, yeah, that people, yeah, that's what it is. Nothing new under the sun. And then they would demand blood. So you didn't want just elves at your event. Elves are like a you know NPC. You want like a hundred foot tall painting mantis. You want a big goblin demon. You want whatever it is to come and give you knowledge. He'll tell you about the wheel. He'll tell you about electricity. You may not get it, but it's going to give you a lot of knowledge. But the coin it wants is blood, and what it wants is children. The energy of children. And no, so no, that's why every right, culture. Right. No, 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 he's no, not wrong. Every culture. <laughs> He's talking Every about interdimensional praying mantises who no, want blood. You're looking at him like a blue pill person. Listen to what he's saying between the lines. All of, these, all of these mythologies had certain similarities, and that's what he's talking exactly. about. Exactly. Every culture is there's a God that's going to give me knowledge. It's in the Old Testament. Yes. Moloch, do not the, sacrifice. Yes. Do not give yourself to the farm as you really want blood. And oh, Moloch, by the way, that's Bohemian Grove where like all those rich senators and bankers go still to this day. They worship Moloch. The ancient Babylonian god of child sacrifice. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody got to have a hobby. Yeah, I mean, it is fun. 
It's like D&D in real life for billionaires. So it's like chumming. Like, you can go to the Caribbean. There's places I haven't gone there. Yeah, I'm a scuba diver. But you go pay like $1,000. They'll put you in with tiger sharks. But every day for 30 years, they bring rotten fish and feed them. Yeah. They show Train up like dogs. And so you go to these ley lines, these these temples, where the Aztecs were killing hundreds of people they a were, day. Yes. Yep. And it's I saw all because they were calling in the big stuff. You can take DMT and see elves all day. But you start. Fact check. True. You can't take DMT and see elves all day. Is it a fun day? You can though, take DMT. Meh. I... <laughs> Subjective. <laughs> They're calling in the big stuff. You can take DMT and see elves all day. But you start killing kids at a certain point on a routine basis, you're going to call in some big daddy. So, what, so what do I got to do? Does it matter what, how okay, ugly okay. these kids are? That I, so the listen, hold on, hold on. Knock, knock. The, knock, knock. Who's there? Noah. Noah who? Noah's having more fun than us. Uh, I just dropped this in the troll room. This is a link to CIA.gov uh, documenting how the CIA theorizes that we live in a simulation and the world is actually projected by our minds and about the collective unconscious. They've got a lot of writing on it and some charts. This was recently declassified. Some graphics about how the mind projects the universe and the universe is a projection created by the mind. Stuff like that. Man, that's like deep, man. It's pretty weird, man. It's the CIA, though, so it could be disinfo. Never know. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Don't so, trust uh, any three-letter agency. It's real. Do you really believe this stuff is real? I'm not involved in it. The globalists are obsessed with it, Tim. It's all the black magic books. As you kill a kid, the demons come give you knowledge. It's indisputable that <laughs> it's real. So uh, just back to Terrence McKenna real quick, just because I thought it would be fun to correlate. Like Alex Jones is saying this. It's crazy, but then like you have the godfather of the psychedelic movement saying basically the same thing, but presenting it as, this is cool and fun. If all you've got is awake and asleep, you can't go far with that. But if you've got awake, asleep, and DMT as points, you can build a much more dimensionally rich model of consciousness. I think that it, it's, it has to do with your own intelligence. Truly stupid people aren't interested in psychedelics because they can't figure out what the point of it is. Uh, it feeds off intelligence. It's a consciousness-expanding drug. If you don't have any consciousness, it can't expand it. And I've met people who say, yeah, well, all this stuff and big bugs talk to you and say strange stuff. Big bugs talk to you, like the 100-foot-tall praying mantis that Alex was talking about. Funny how that well, one works. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they talk to you? Yeah. Have you ever had bugs talk to you? No. I mean, I mean, when I squish them, they sound pissed, but that's just for a brief moment. <laughs> Have you personally had any experience with interdimensional beings? Well, because it's all taboo and, and people... Well, let me tell you, I have. 100%. Tell us about it. Doing DMT. Uh, I've 100% communicated with something. So what is that, man? What's going on? I could tell you about my personal experiences all day, but for legal reasons and the sake of time, I probably won't. But what I am wondering is why is everybody experiencing the same things if it's just a chemical reaction? Darren, I'm going to mail you some DMT so we can do some research on this. <laughs> I'm thinking it's the mind has uh, some similarities, and I think there is some uh, you know, pre-coding going on 
whether people remember they've heard this kind of stuff before or not. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, precog going on where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to see this. I'm supposed to, you know, and I think there's a lot of people that maybe, you know, there's, you know, there's folks that have dropped acid and stuff like that, that their friends are like, hey, this is going to be the best thing ever, man. You're going to see colors and they drop the acid and like almost nothing happens, but they come out like, I, I want, I, I don't, I don't want my buddies to be disappointed. I want to tell some good stories. And that's, uh, I think that's a part of it too. But I mean, there is mind altering drugs and I'm sure that uh, people have reactions and the mind is only, uh, you know, as much as people want to be like, the mind is such a great, eh, it's, it's still, we're, we're human. We're meat bags as a comic strip blogger would say. And uh, there are limitations. Skeptic. Always. You have okay, to be so, skeptic. so when I, so when I am at, Devil's Point, Tennessee, it's a perfect clear night sky, no light pollution, so you can see all the stars vividly. And I'm looking at five swirling giant lights in the sky. And then I'm looking around and I after a while and see all the people that I'm with, like the five other people that are like seeing just looking up in the sky in amazement. And then one person is like, Do you guys see that? And then everybody's like freaking out and looking at it and pointing at the same thing and describing the same thing, but we all saw it before somebody said anything about it. What does that imply as to it not being actually there somehow? And what's even crazier is the those lights in the sky were reflected perfectly on the clear water below. The reflection was in the water. Could just be a, uh, it could be a, you know, again, mind. You can convince people that they're seeing things they're not. But what if they all saw it before anyone vocally said anything? Which is what but how do you know? How do you know they did? How do you know this wasn't you were all under? Well, it the, could be uh, all false of... memories, but we uh, this is how we all remember experiencing it. Could it all just be mass hypnosis? It's possible. I mean, I don't think uh, there's any simple answer to all of them, <laughs> but uh, you know, you never know. Okay, last last clip, and then we can talk about something that's a little like a little less woo woo. Bring it back down to earth. If that's cool with you, unless you want sure. to keep talking about DMT elves and bugs, <laughs> I, I could talk about this all day, man. He's like elves, bugs, all sorts of crazy things. I don't know what's going on. There's people. They're shooting. Oh my god, what's out? Oh, they got me. They got me, man. Hey, Amen. Leprechauns. Leprechauns. Um, yeah, well, leprechauns are totally real. <laughs> uh, okay, Art Bell. The original Nick the Rat. You remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coast to coast, baby. AM radio. Yeah. You know, it's kind of sounded like you were uh, listening through tinfoil and uh, and a lot of drugs. Well, you were. That's. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have people calling in like, yeah, I found Bigfoot. I got him in a cage in my backyard. I can't send any pictures, though. Yeah, man, yeah, that would ruin it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Monsters are coming for me. Was that you running? Yeah, that, that, that was <laughs> that was a winged monster flying away, according to the uh, BBC. That's their, uh, their their sound effects. Oh, oh wait, here this is here's a good one. Cackling hags. <laughs> was that Briny? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it, I think that was Jennifer Briney. Because I didn't know she was cunt. She, she was doing some work for the BBC Sound Effects Lab. Cool. She's multi-talented. I have more respect for her now. 
Briny, I love you. Please come on my show. I take it back. I take it all back. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Briny, please come on Chris's show and <laughs> explain to the rest of us why you're not totally deranged. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so this is the classic Art Bell caller, and there's a big dispute about how staged this was, if it was staged or not, uh, and that really just goes is basically depending on how much you trust Art Bell. But this only happened one time, as far as I know, in his whole career in broadcasting. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're uh, they're they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with uh, they they are not what they claim to be uh, they have infiltrated a lot of. Uh, uh, a, a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51, uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now aren't but they're not doing they're not doing anything they are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable discharge <laughs> okay and then the call cuts off how foolish, what scale of one to full of shit? How full of shit? Is that well, uh, Sir Matt Chu says that one was a hoax. The guy called in later in the week, which means uh, either that was debunked or uh, Sir Matt Chu is a three letter agency guy. Uh, do you yeah. have a link to that, Sir Matthew? Because I've looked for anybody trying to debunk it. I can never really find that. Yeah, Sir Matthew. What if they were knows. threatening that guy that called in at gunpoint, the feds were, and saying, recant your story like they're doing for the post office guy about the election fraud? Yeah. It's, he's recanted. He took, yeah, he definitely, he recounted it. He recanted his story, said it totally wasn't true, nothing to see here. But then he's like, no, I didn't. Uh-oh. <laughs> Are they, I think it sounds like they're me, coming man. for you. I think they're coming for me, man. Black Sir Matthew! Oh my God! Did you send him for me, Sir Matthew? You French Canadian bastard! How dare you! I thought we were friends! Holy shit, I gotta get out of here, man! I gotta get out of here! Oh, gee, they're landing on the front lawn! Black helicopters! Oh my god! Somebody said lawyers, guns, and money!
Oh wait, they I thought that was actually. Well, it was quiet. I was. I thought there were actually. There was something going on at your house. Then I was you like, see? that's too, way too loud to be real. Theater of the mind, man. Theater, Theater of the, of the mind. mind. That's how Art Bell did it. Theater of the mind. That's how Nick the Rat does it. That's how Void Zero's doing it as the Dutch Nick the Rat. I love that he's keeping the Art Bell Nick the Rat thing going over in the uh, with the Dutch Netherlands uh, with the with the Dutch speaking folks. So uh, I think that's beautiful. Hell yeah! All right. Uh, so you so the caller we're unclear on. But I guess you, you're assuming he's. He's full of shit. Maybe he recanted later. I'll have to dig in deeper to that one. But then let me know what you think of Art Bell's reaction and how full of shit Art Bell is. It's that Nick the Rat music. Oh, yeah. Little Donna Summer. Something like that. Is that true, Sir Matthew? In four letter agencies? Something knocked us off the air, and we're on a backup system now. It's uh, the government, or. I don't know. It has to be something, though. Well, did you hear. Now, you tell me because you were listening. That was awful strange. There was a really weird guy on the air when it went off? Yeah. Real weird out. Like uh, going sort of sort of sounding paranoid, schizophrenic. Yeah. Like crying and everything. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. And how far into the conversation was it when when it went off? Just a couple, about 15, 20 seconds, I'd say. Oh, you, like you guys missed, you really missed the call then, and I've got a feeling somebody didn't want you to hear it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it was really strange, all of a sudden I'm hearing Mark Furman. And when I, when That's I right, well, the network, the network, of course, went immediately to a backup tape while we tried to figure out what blew up here. Okay, is Art Bell full of shit? Probably. I mean, as part of the theater, I think so. I mean, I think that the whole show that was the kind of the concept behind it was that it was a skirting that line of, uh, you know, encouraging much like a hog story does with the having people call in with the crazy characters, crazy stories that uh, that was the whole concept of the Art Bell thing. Although that's also the perfect cover if you're going to be telling the truth on some of this stuff to to do that the uh there's a band that nobody knows who the uh who the members are what's it called the uh um not the replacements everybody knows who the replacements are but uh what's the name of the band they're like an avant-garde troll room will know they're like an avant-garde band they wear like the big eyes you know that looks like the big eyeball so nobody knows who's in the band it's a completely anonymous the residents yes no, I don't know who they are. Uh, beef pranks, thank you. Um, the residents. Now, they're, they're pretty well-known, but they're avant-garde music. Penn from Penn & Teller knows who they are. He's worked with them. He knows who they are. And he said he was out somewhere, and they were, you know, he was walking behind these two guys that were talking to each other, and they were talking about the residents. And the one guy was talking about, you know, again, this whole concept. And he was like, I really wish, you know, I knew who these guys were. So Penn's like, you know, I'm just following behind them. They're not paying any attention to him because they're walking in front of him. And he's like, I just very loudly said the five names 
of the guys in the band. <laughs> and he's like, but nobody paid any attention to what he was saying. So they're just talking about this band, and he's just like, oh, well, that would be, you know, Ryan Bemrose, Mark Von Dyke, just saying those names. And he just thought that was hilarious that this guy was going on and how he really was, like, his life would be complete if he knew who they who was in that band. And uh, so the guy has the information. He just doesn't know it in his subconscious now. <laughs> And uh, I think that's kind of the Art Bell thing, right? That could be what's going on here, which is we're speaking the truth, but nobody's uh, nobody's paying any attention, and that's the way they want it. That's, I mean, yeah, that's possible. But didn't Art Bell only – that's the only time I ever know of him claiming that his, like, radio station got knocked off the air ever. Well, it's a good shtick. I mean, you can only do that One very time. rarely. Yes, until right. – uh, until you know then it was a shtick. So, I mean, you have to use these things sparingly. And if you do them correct, then you can get a lot of, uh, you can get a lot of mileage out of them. Yeah. You want uh, people Sir Matthew talking. sent the uh, time where he, this same guy supposedly calls back into Art Bell and recants his story. Um, I'll put that video in the show notes and check it out later. So that'll be in the show notes of the episode. The, all the comments are saying he was threatened to do that. Of course, because All that's the YouTube uh, yeah. Well, that's what everybody uses now. It's like, well, that's you know, today those people in Michigan that said, "Hey, wait, no, there's something wrong with the vote. We don't want to certify it." And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, we are certifying it because everybody swore, uh, you know, called them racist. So I mean, it's it's very easy for people to be uh, kind of strong armed into things. And and I will say, thank you, Sir Matthew, for uh, for fact checking here and. Uh, well, then that little French-Canadian weirdo is the potty mouth. Yeah, that French-Canadian weirdo is <laughs> the potty mouth. Well, um, thanks, Darren, for doing this with me. Thanks for allowing me to hijack the stream a little bit this morning. And thanks to everybody else for trolling along. I seen you in there, fought along when I could. And uh, I'll hang out a little bit longer after I close this episode out if you want there, Darren. I mean, it does, and it makes the episodes different when you're trying to follow the uh, troll room at the same time. It is, it's it's also something that it takes some time to become comfortable with and try to multitask. I mean, especially with crappy vision, it's hard. Uh, Adam Curry is a professional, and as he pointed out, 30,000 hours. So that's all it takes. Once you're 30,000 hours into doing this stuff, you're going to be a pro too. Oh, man. I don't know what my hour count is. I want to say it was... It was in the triple digits. I know that, but I couldn't tell you. You're getting there faster. I looked the other day for Grumpy Old Ben's, and if you started playing Grumpy Old Ben's right now and you never slept and you played all the episodes back-to-back, it was like eight and a half days' worth of content now. So uh, it's it's adding up. It is adding up. I and mean, we're not no agenda I think we're yet. about a little under half of, the, half of that. I've done well, you do like eight-hour shows. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the eight-hour shows. But, you know, these are always fun. I mean, you, it's fun to go into a different direction, talk about different things, kind of get off the uh, the usual beaten path. And there's no doubt about it, this show goes off the beaten path. So thanks for having me on. But, yeah, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play. I'll hang out on the stream a little bit after this, but I'm going to close the episode out with this clip. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. It's a classic. You can meet the alien. You can meet the alien. Tomorrow night, 
if your connections are good enough. And you can meet the alien over and over and over again. You said this was what you wanted, baby. It's on its way. It's being served. You take this shit and literally you are transported into another fucking dimension. I don't mean like you feel like you're in another dimension. I mean like you're <laughs> in another dimension. Crazier than you could possibly imagine or describe. If you take DMT, you will communicate with something. And it's, it's, it's so beyond description that me talking about it is like trying to explain a kaleidoscope to a blind man. But something communicates with you when you, when you do this stuff. Zabri's taking you into the room in his house for the, the, the launching into space. No. The psychedelic journey room. No. I, I, Are you I, ready for that? I'm ready for that. DMT is mushrooms times a million plus aliens. Huh. <laughs> I found my experiences on, on pure DMT, both of them, utterly terrifying. I had been put into a space where something was going to be done to me. Uh, and I think I found, I, and I wanted out, and at the same time, I couldn't get out. I was thrashing around, I, I wanted out of there, but I couldn't go. Um, whatever these entities were, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they had a negative agenda for me, I don't know what it was, but it was out of my hands. I didn't feel that they were very loving or caring of me. It was, it was like, um, we are just going to do this to you, okay? and you're going to accept it, whether you like it or not. The entities you see on DMT, are they real or not? Tall order, very difficult to really unpack that. For one thing, what do you mean by real? I could make the case that DMT is extraterrestrial. And, but is that but a, it's even a, an interesting case, like whether or not it's from another planet? Whatever it is, it's it doesn't seem like it's here. The experience doesn't. People that don't even believe in God, people that don't even are total atheists, they take DMT, which I don't take hard drugs. I haven't taken, don't take illegal drugs. But they take it and they go, oh my God, I believe in God now. You know, I was on a spaceship for a hundred years with demons torturing people. Smarter you are, the more hellish it is people I've talked to. Uh, I mean, if you're really smart and tuned in, you see it and it's like, oh my God. And, and it's just it's just unbelievable hell that's going on because you're tuned into their level. And if you're kind of stupid and trendy, it's like all wonderful and happy and they want to be your friend. And I've talked to people that have taken it. In fact, somebody, somebody very close that I wish would go on air and talk about it. And it was like an eternity on a prison space station with demons doing brain surgeries, torturing people. And let me tell you, the person said it was real. And I talk to other people and they go, yeah, that's, that's what you see. I had been put into a space I wanted out, and at the same time, I couldn't get out. I was thrashing around. I, I wanted out of there, but I couldn't go. People think of an alien invasion as in the third dimension from space. There's dimensions below and above us. The mathematics show it. And whether it's real or not, you have these spirit guides like Mescalito and all this, little goat man. You know, you're taking DMT and a little goat man shows up. He's not your buddy, okay? And he's got a plan, though. You're going to be a god as long as you kill everybody. I go through the tunnel. Going through a tunnel, going through a tunnel. 
I see a hand and it like stops me. And I see the fingers mutating, it, it turns into like three fingers and then it starts backing out. And then it's the Bahamut. Like the fucking the Satan figure with the goat and shit. Like the one that's like, I don't know how to really describe it. He's like doing that thing. I wake up in the middle of the night and um, from a dream. And in this dream, I look over and to my left side, I see this demon head and this gnarly looking demon head, Nosferatu looking thing. And he's just looking away. And in my dream, he looks at me, stares at me dead in the eye and goes, I'm gonna kill you on September 23rd. Oh shit. Like super fucking specific, right? I go to the calendar of events, the itinerary, and that night is the night we're drinking ayahuasca for the first time, because we're doing Wachuma afterwards. So September 23rd was the night we're doing ayahuasca. Joe takes DMT and talks about seeing space aliens and other dimensions. I don't take DMT. It's fine that you do, I'm a libertarian. Because if you're a good person and you take the DMT and go to the fifth dimension, sixth dimension, if you believe in that stuff, they act real friendly, but Mescalito gets mean later. He's a goat, by the way, it's Baphomet, so he can meet. It happens to basically everybody. And then right to my left, I see this gnarly looking Gollum, Lord of the Rings looking fucking my precious Nosferatu demon guy. I see this demon and it looks at me and then it jumps, jumps towards me and starts biting my neck. This gnarly looking demon is biting my, my neck in my vision. No, you know, in that vision, it's eating through my neck and I see what its aim is. And it's aiming to eat through my neck and eat that thing in my heart, the white light in my heart that I've been meditating about. Like, that's what it wants. And here's the thing. The ancients would always start using this stuff, and it would be love, and it would be science, and open them up. But always, a hundred years later, there'd be a black pyramid, and they'd be chopping people's hearts out, or they'd be burning kids on to, to bail. They'd be burning kids where they'd have a big steel oven with the hands of the God. You take your baby up with a 500-degree thing and watch it fry. You'd fry a baby on a basically outdoor barbecue pit and then eat it. Watch the priest pull a leg off your baby and just So it goes through, eats through my neck, through my chest, and it grabs a hold of that piece of white light in my heart, snatches it. Like I felt like I went dead, completely dead, and fear just shot through my entire body. And I was like, oh, fuck, I just gave this demon my consciousness. I just gave this demon my soul, and I let him have it. And it was a pure exercise of priest taking hallucinogens, then interfacing with entities that said, I will direct you. Every culture, Asians, Africans, Mesoamericans, every culture. Starts taking hallucinogens and then starts worshiping entities that demand blood. The Bible 
says don't be part of pharmakia because it gives you the evil spirits. Okay, I didn't used to believe that growing up. And then I learned the CIA is taking this to get interdimensional communications, spiritual life forms entering them and then directing them. Whether you believe any of this or not, do you understand that's who runs things? Do not join with the devil. Do not join with Satan and all his pumps. Just heaven help us, it's so hardcore. People that won't even believe it. They believe they are in contact with these entities and are being directed by them. That's why they're so evil. And the entities are telling them eternal life, total power, total control, everything you could ever want. Just kill everyone. Set up a world government. Build this design we're telling you. Build what we're telling you. Build this. Build this. Let us through. Let us in. We're going to really help you. We're friendly little guys. Demons? Aliens? Don't exist? I don't know. I only cover what I can prove. Oh, my God. We are in so much trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a bunch of lunatic elites thinking they're talking to little gray men who are telling them how to get eternal life. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Whatever it is, they believe it. I mean, this is what the government's into, folks. They're taking the DMT. They've got the black op commanders gobbling high-powered hallucinogens in. See, I don't even get into all this stuff. It, it, we're in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We're in trouble. The clockwork elves, all of it, I shouldn't even get into it. He used to come so on, he didn't if, get in. maybe I'm just wrong, Maybe I might be totally off base here, but didn't he used to be a guest on InfoWars back in the day? Or am oh, I just yeah, yeah, misremembering? Yeah, no, he's, okay. no he's, he was on a lot, actually, yeah. especially when he was running. That was and back then, when like <clears throat> Chuck Norris was coming on and those guys? Sure, yeah, yeah, Chuck Norris used to come on, uh, Dave Mustaine, Billy Corgan, a lot, I mean, a lot of celebrity types that are more conservative. Uh, I was surprised that Billy Corgan was such a conservative. I'm like, mm, I didn't realize it. I had a three-hour dinner with him one night. Very cool dude, very down-to-earth. And just very like, oh, you know, and this is about the time he started a wrestling network. He's like, you know what? I've always loved wrestling since I was a kid and, and I had this opportunity. So I just jumped into it, you know, and it's like, that's cool. Do what you like. Don't do what people want you to do. Right. Yeah. And yeah, Billy, that Billy had an interesting story. I think he told it on Alex Jones show about seeing somebody uh, like a shapeshifter, like their eyes turn black or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like well, that's. And, and, you know, I, and I don't know if he does drugs or anything. That is something you could see on drugs. I might oh, have yeah. seen something like that a long time ago on some drugs at a uh, Burning Man, uh, what, what do they call it? A Burning Man Regional Festival back in 2000. I might have seen oh, somebody shapeshift. Oh, I might yeah, have I almost mean, shapeshifted. We've all, we've all, yeah, I mean, we've all seen that. Like, we're no, we're no stranger to hallucinogens here on this show, but, uh, that there is, I don't know. I that's something like when I get to talk to Adam, I'm I'd really want to ask Curry about because he was in like MTV and like he was interviewing all these like celebrities. And I want to know, like, my main questions are going to be about stuff like that, like the Billy Court. Like, what is it that in running in those Hollywood elite circles that made him believe in aliens and lizard people and? satanic pedophiles because i believe in all that stuff too but he seems like he saw some shit and that's kind of what i want to get into with him i'm sure he did see some shit yeah and, you know i heard i heard some stuff tonight me and alex were trading stories back and forth that i'm not going to get into but uh we've both seen some or he's heard of the stuff that i saw in different spots and he's like that's crazy he's like i've known you for over 10 years if we'd ever talked about this fact i need to send him this video because i'm like oh i have video evidence of the stuff i saw wait There's a minute video evidence of what hooks. Uh, mainly uh, 
so I don't know what they're called, but they're the people that like to hook meat hooks into their body and lift themselves up. That's got a name. Oh, God. Uh, Fuck that, uh, dude. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah, so I was at, uh, you ever heard of Richard Garriott? He's a uh, pro. I thought you were going to say Richard Greer, the guy that shoved a hamster up his ass, allegedly. No, no, no. This is Richard Garriott. Was uh, made video games back before video games were really big, but he made a shit ton of money doing it. Huh. And um, <clears throat> let's see, I'll put this out on No Agenda Social when I get when I find it. So I got contracted out to go shoot a uh, fire dancing performance. A friend of uh, this girl is renting her cameras, and she goes, "Hey." Uh, you might want to go do if you you can use all my cameras to go videotape this fire dance performance. I said, okay, that sounds fun. And she said, it's going to be a cool party. I'm like, okay, it'll be a cool party. Um, but I get there, and it's a it's called the Apocalypse Party, and it's set up like Mad Max, and they have a Thunderdome, and they have people in those rubber band things, and they're fighting, uh, which was cool. And then they did the <laughs> fire dance. Uh, yeah, this thing only has 56 views on it. It's 12 years old. So I'm going to put this out there. And this is... Um, and then and then after the fire dance performance, there was fireworks, which blow away anything I've ever seen in Austin. And then we see this guy with skewers through his body, and he's holding a frame up. And, and at the end of these skewers, there's apples. I don't know why there's apples. But anyway, he leads everybody back to the Thunderdome, and they're doing a... I guess I guess they call it suspension art or something so they're doing a suspension performance so these people have meat hooks through their body and they're swinging around and everybody's climbing on the thunderdome and of course i'm climbing on it and i remember this fire dancer who she was one of the ones i knew her name was sage she looks at me she goes this is fucking gnarly i'm like yeah i mean i'm climbing on a thunderdome with a mini dv camera getting this footage and um it was crazy i just don't Uh, understand the meat hook the meat hook aspect is like, oh, that's just, that is crazy. Yeah. These I, people I are either, crazy. These people. I don't they're, like that. Exactly. I don't like that at all. Um, that, now, is this Burning Man itself, or you said a Burning Man offshoot? This, well, no, I've I've seen, well, I've been to some Burning Man offshoots. I've been to Burning Man too, but this was a, a party that Richard Garriott threw, who's this, you know, millionaire who lives in Austin. And um, so... What was the meat hooks? Oh, the meat hook story has some parallels that he was telling me about. And then I started, I'm like, oh, I've seen this. Da, da, da. He's like, what? And, he, and I started telling him about it. And he's like, holy crap. We've known each other for 10 years. You never told me that story. Um, but yeah, so anyway, what I did after I shot this footage, I'm like, what do you do with this? So I wrote a country song called Hanging Around because that's what they're doing, <laughs> hanging around. <laughs> and so I think it's got a drum machine on it. It's one of the first things I did in Austin uh, musically and um, put that out there. And, and uh, so uh, I'm going to put, put it out on no agenda social right now. And I'm at dues news. Oh yeah. I'll put it in the show notes too. Okay. Uh, hanging around and it's H A N G I N not I N G. Hanging. Yeah. Hanging, hanging around. Um, yeah, but and it's this is bad mini DV footage, <clears throat> and it's you know bad light and everything. So I'm shooting it at a low frame rate, like at 15. And uh, but it's 
definitely, you know, it's pretty cool, I think. I always thought it was weird. I never knew what to do with this footage. So it does it have, in the video, are there people with meat hooks in their skin? Yes. It, within, oh, my within, God. Within nine seconds, you will see people with meat hooks in their skin. And one guy's hanging oh around, God. and another guy's blowing fire in his face. And he's in, got the meat hooks. I'm actually <laughs> watching it right now to see what's... There was fire breathers and people with meat hooks in them. And then, like, the girls all had their tits showing, and they had, like, little <laughs> bells hooked into their skin. This video sounds like it's going to be a blast. I'll tell you this. This is not going to be boring. Yeah, it's I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to have to check it out for sure.
done so many bad things Ooh. I strung out Jody Foster and I pimped her out to old men
Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D and the D and the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D and the D and the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D and the D and the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. The D and the D and the DMT. There's the owners of True Frequency Radio. Uh, they believe they're communicating with entities they call clockwork elves. Not going to get into what they're interfacing with. They believe they're in contact with off-world groups. Chris Geo, uh, True Frequency Radio. He takes it. You see the elves, little green hats. We're in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. We're in trouble. The clockwork elves, all of it, I shouldn't even get into it. There's a reason they're all whacked out of their minds. They're taking DMT. And the point is, is that their whole science is, is, is way ahead. We don't even know what they've got. They're in power because they're taking the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. Chris Geo took for the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. Chris Geo took for the DMT. You think they're all a bunch of old men? They're in power because they were into this stuff 70 years ago. The DMT. They were jacking DMT 70 years ago. They were injecting it. They're taking the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. Chris Geo took for the DMT. Hitler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DMT. Mao took for the DMT. True Frequency Radio took for the DMT. I shouldn't even get into it. A B S N A six the number P A C K dot com.